Using gerrymandering, voter suppression, and other nefarious tactics, the Republican Party has manipulated our electoral system to maintain as much control as possible despite being a party in the minority. Liberal Dan Radio seeks to change that, and I need your help in doing so. Liberal Dan Radio has partnered with Levelfield to help us use tools that are typically only available to big money donors. When you go to stopthecoup.liberaldan.com and make your contribution, it will encourage other voters to reach out to their legislators to pass legislation to stop gerrymandering and voter suppression and target elected officials who refuse to protect the vote. Every eligible voter should be able to cast a ballot, and that ballot should have the same power as everyone else. I can't do this alone. I need your help. So please go to stopthecoup.liberaldan.com and make your contribution today. That's stopthecoup.liberaldan.com. Stopthecoup.liberaldan.com. Political advertising paid for by Levelfield. Contributions are not tax deductible as charitable contributions. To join the conversation, Terry code 914-803-4131. That is 914-803-4131. You can also join us live uh, on the chat room on YouTube, uh, Liberal Dan Radio on YouTube, or if you come to uh, the show page on blogtalkradio.com slash Liberal Dan, sign in with your free blogtalkradio.com account. Uh, you can join us in the chat room there as well. Uh, this is the final podcast for the year 2021. Next year's podcast will be, the first podcast of next week will be 2022. And we will see how that goes. Let's not tempt fate. Um, I didn't bother with any bits this show, uh, simply because of the fact that there's just so much to talk about because this is the year in review. And we have a bunch of stuff to talk about when it comes to, you know, the first podcast of this year was a doozy. Um, because it started off on January 6th, and nothing happened on January 6th. Well, at least if you talk to conservatives, especially those in the House who helped the insurrection take place, you would uh, you would think that they were just oh, just tourists, just regular everyday tourists, just you know, walking around the Capitol, being peaceful and not doing anything wrong, you know, not breaking anything or not trying to disrupt uh, the goings on of a. Uh, legal and lawful proceeding to count the electoral votes to make sure that, you know, we continue on our democratic republic as we should and as we have done peacefully uh, for the, since, you know, I guess 1789, since we became a constitutional republic. Um, hello, Daily News, Daily News, bringing a boy is, has joined us in the YouTube chat room. Appreciate you joining us each and every week, or at least most weeks for uh Lively conversation, uh, bringing the other side of the aisle. I appreciate your point of view, even if I don't agree with your point of view sometimes. Um, but the first thing I do want to talk about is is the, what I started off the show with, the uh, stopthecoup.liberaldan.com. That's uh, stopthecoup.liberaldan.com is a website that I've created 
uh, actually Levelfield created the site. I created the link to that. Um, and that will, uh, I, I have this project going on. Uh, I am working on making more videos uh, on how badly your state represents their citizens, uh, each and every state. Uh, I have made this video series to be as apolitical as possible in that if there's a blue state that unfairly represents their Republican voters, I'm being just as critical in the analysis of them as I am being of red states that disenfranchise and do not adequately represent their Democratic citizens. And, and not even citizens, because in, at the end of the day, everybody is counted. Everybody who is residing in a state, whether or not you have the ability to vote, whether or not you are a citizen or not, if you are a legal resident, sometimes even, I think even if you're a legal, an illegal <clears throat> resident, i.e. if you're not here seeking asylum and as such in violation of our border policies, you are also counted and as benefits. This is benefit people uh, like uh, the guy that shouted out, you lie uh, to Barack Obama, President Obama. Most of his district are, there's a big plurality, at least in his district, of people who can't vote. There, he had a large Hispanic contingent in his, in his district, people who can't vote, yet he rep- represents them, even though he likely, unlikely, it is unlikely that he did represent them well because they don't have a say. But that's what people do. They pack non-voters into districts to make sure that you know, they can pack, they can get as much punch with the people who, uh, who they have voting, who, who they do have voting, who they do want to have the representation. And look, there are states that, like I think Connecticut, I think is a five-seat state, uh, five congressional seats in Connecticut, and all of them are blue. And that's wrong because that, that does not adequately represent the Republicans who are in Connecticut, they should have one seat. The side of the aisle, you have states like, I think Nebraska, is it? Or Oklahoma? One of those states also. All five of those seats is a Republican held when you should very well be able to draw at least one district that represents Democrats. Louisiana has six congressional districts, and they should have two, if not three, Democratic seats. But Unfortunately, the way that the lines are drawn, they're not drawn correctly um, to adequately represent the Democrats in this state. Um, But you can get more information on that by watching the video series here on YouTube.com slash Liberal Day and Radio. And you can find out all that information and see. And as I come out with new videos, I'll be presenting more and more information to show uh, that these states are not adequately representing the people in the district. It's interesting. Why are red states becoming more populized, populous? Why are more people going to red states? I don't know. I wouldn't move to Texas, but Texas did have a large influx of people coming into the state. But here's the thing, Daily News, when it comes to that. We haven't gotten to Texas yet, but when we do, we're going to discuss this part of their map redistricting in that like 90 to 95% of the population growth of the state of Texas were from people who are black or brown, people of color. Black people, indigenous people, other persons of color represent 90 to 95% of the population growth in the state of Texas. Yet the new districts do not reflect that. The new districts draw in people so that there's more white conservative Republicans representing Texas in Congress. If you have 
if 90-95% of your people are, that are new to the state are black and brown people who typically are Democrats, even if they're not Democrats, they still, they still should be creating two new white seats, seats that, that are going to elect a white congressperson to represent their culture, to represent their values, to represent their whatever. But again, and at the end of the day, this is a spoiler alert if you haven't watched the uh, if you haven't watched the the video series, if you haven't watched this. At the end of the day, you're going to see that there is a definite advantage for conservatives as it comes to how the districts are drawn within this country. Conservatives have a double-digit advantage when it comes to the amount of seats that they have drawn themselves in order to be able to disproportionately represent themselves in Congress. The deal is, however you chase your tail, FEMA is going to change the landscape of... How is FEMA going to change the landscape of America? That seems kind of conspiracy theory-esque to me. I don't know what that means. Uh, you, you, you can give a link or you can share uh, information, I guess, with, uh, you know, what you, what you, or you could just explain what you, what you think that means, uh, Daily News, bringing a boy. Um, let me know what you think that, what, what you mean by that. Um, but again, so I'm going to be making more of these videos. And my, and my issue is not just gerrymandering or the proper districting, the proper redistricting of every state to more adequately reflect how that state is represented in Congress to make sure that people are adequately represented from each state. But there's also things like the people who are opposing, you know, the Voting Rights Act, the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, which if you listen to Herschel Walker, who is one of Trump's favorites to uh, win the state of Georgia, Trump would love to see Herschel Walker become his puppet in the, in the, in the Senate. Uh, for uh, the state of Georgia, who's challenging uh, Raphael Warnock, uh, who, who is hoping, I guess, to challenge Raphael Warnock uh, for his seat, because he's already up for re-election despite having won just earlier this year. Um, but here's the deal. He, he called John Lewis a senator. He wasn't. And he thinks that John Lewis would be, in, should be, would be insulted by the fact that they're trying to pass voting rights legislation uh, in his name. He was a pioneer of voting rights legislation, and the voting rights legislation that he fought for was gutted by the Supreme Court. And if you watch my other video series about the GOP coup, the point that I make about the Supreme Court ruling that gutted uh, well, Section 4, Section 5 of the Voting Rights Act is that the argument by Justice Roberts was uh, we haven't had many racist examples of, of you know, these voting rights laws. Uh, or that, that impact uh, black people in a negative way. So therefore we don't need these sections, which is akin to me saying down here in Louisiana and New Orleans, we don't need the levee protection system because the Mississippi river hasn't flooded us in years. But the reason that the Mississippi river hasn't flooded us in years is because we have the levee protection system. If you remove the levee protection system, we would flood. And as soon as the Supreme court gutted the voting rights act, uh, these states started trying to implement these rules that they labeled voting uh, voter ID laws, but include many non-voter ID provisions, and those non-voter ID provisions are my problem. And despite the fact that I always make it a point to say that my problem with these laws are the items that have nothing to do with the voter ID, i.e. the non-voter ID provisions, 
you'll always have conservatives coming afterwards and saying, what's wrong with requiring a voter ID? Well, it's, again, it's the non-ID provisions that are put into these bills that make it so that it's harder for people to vote, especially people of color, especially black people, but people who tend to vote Democrats for Democrats. Now, there are some, but there is some legislation that has happened in the past that does pertain to voter IDs. That is, it's not necessarily requiring a voter ID to vote, but it took away the ability of people to vote because it took away their ability to have a voter ID in the first place. Let's take, for example, uh, Native Americans, indigenous folks who live on uh, reservations. Uh, I think it was in North Dakota or Minnesota, one of the two. Um, And you had a law that was passed in one of those states that basically said that you could not use a P.O. box as on your address for your driver's license in order for it to be considered an adequate voter ID. But the people on in this particular reservation or in these reservations don't have street addresses that are recognized by the state. They just use P.O. boxes. So what do you do? Are they not allowed? Now they're no longer allowed to vote. So you've effectively prohibited these people from casting a legal ballot when they should be able to cast a legal ballot. What about homeless people? If you're homeless, you don't have a home. There's no requirement to have a home to vote. You shouldn't have to be required to have an address to cast a ballot. You should just be able to prove who you are. Does it matter? You you just claim residence at a particular point. Now, if you have an address that you can claim residence at, fine. Maybe you should be able to, but what if you are between homes and you don't have a real address? What do you do? Let's say you stay, let's say you have to stay at a hotel because you've sold your home and you don't have a new home. Does that mean you, ha- you can't vote because you're staying at a hotel until you find a new place to live? Because you don't have an apartment or you have to wait, but you're between houses? Or maybe you don't want to have a house because you have a job that's going to be having you flying all over the country. So you don't find it necessary to have a house. So you create a post office box where you could save your mail or somebody could go get it for you and, 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 and handle your business as you're traveling around the country with your job, staying at hotels. Does that person not have the right to vote because they don't have a, a, a permanent living address? It's ridiculous and absurd. And it's just one other way that people are trying to prevent people from casting legitimate ballots. So these people claim to be for voter integrity and election integrity, but they're not. They're really not. And the examples of voter fraud that have taken place uh, when uh, that would be fixed by having a voter ID is negligible. It It would not have had any effect. According to the state of Georgia, after they finished out looking at all this stuff, that people were trying to, oh, all these dead people voted. They were saying, trying to claim that 5,000 dead people voted in the, in the most previous senatorial election or in the presidential election, whichever one they were looking at. It was four. There were four people who mailed in their dead relatives absentee ballot. That's it. Four. Okay, that's still not stopping the people moving from the states that are red. That, sure. Maybe they found a job in those states. Like, I mean, look. I'm not going to willingly move to Florida or or, or uh, Texas, for example. But if I had a job opportunity that basically made me like, okay, well, I have to move there because this is a job opportunity that I can't. Let's say my employer said, we're all moving. We're all going in person. We have to move to 
Texas or Florida or whatever. I can no longer work from home. If I had to do it, I had to do it, and I would have to move. But, or maybe that maybe a bunch of the people that 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 came to Texas were people who crossed the border into Texas and are seeking asylum, and as such were counted under the census under Trump, giving Texas more electoral college votes because Texas has a very large border with Mexico, and those people get counted. So there are lots of reasons why. People are moving to, to states that are red, and it's fine. There, there's, not every single state that's red gained seats. Some did. Some didn't. I think there's one, at least one blue state that gained seats. Some did. I think Ohio lost a seat. That's a red state. Um, Oregon gained a seat, I believe. Colorado gained a seat. Those are both blue states as well. Um, how Colorado has redrawn their districts uh, it's weird. It's not necessarily done in a way that, you know, the way the method that they redraw draw districts are, it's done in, in a more bipartisan way than some other states and than a lot of the red states that are out there. But the district that was drawn also doesn't take into consideration uh, the, the uh, significant portion or select collection of the people in the state of Colorado. There's not, there's, I think Colorado maybe like 33, 35% Latino, uh, Hispanic, Latinx. Um, but they, they don't have a single congressional representative because they're chopped up. There's, they're, you know, in gerrymandering, you have uh, examples where you, you, you crack and, and you pack. Where, like in Louisiana, we have one very large gerrymandered district that packs all of the black voters or many of the black voters into one district to water down their say, the say of black people in the state, like a third black. You, it waters down their say in Congress by only giving them one seat, by making this really just Rorschach test drawing of a district. Um, or you have an example where they crack, where they split the voters and put, okay, well, these are going here, these are going here, these are going here, so they're all shoved off in a different district. That's why the city of Austin, for example, has is entirely blue. They're, all their, all their uh, city councilmen or whatever they, they call their council, their mayor, their every other elected position in the city of Austin is blue. However, there's only one Democrat representing the city of Austin the other districts that are part of the city of Austin are cracked off into other Republican districts, deleting or diminishing the say. So if you're for election integrity, and and since Daily News, you're the one in the chat right now, if you are for election integrity and you believe that, that in elections that people should have the say, you should be supporting what I'm trying to do with Stop the Coup, because you should be supporting the idea that Lines should be drawn to adequately affect change in a state that would allow the people of the state to have adequate representation. So if there's a blue state that has five congressional districts that are all Democrat, even though the state is at least 20% Republican, that's wrong. If a state like Texas is chopping off Austin to put Democrats out of districts to split them out of districts to make sure that they only that they have limited say that's also wrong. 
So you should, you, everybody who supports election integrity should support this. Unfortunately, there are a lot of people who are politicians who claim to support election integrity who are lying to you and are passing these laws specifically to steal elections and to make it so that people have less say. And if, you, if you're advocating for people to have less say, then you are not advocating for election integrity. And if you support my cause and support the idea that we should have election integrity, that we should have this gerrymandering process, we should have processes that are more fair and adequately draw the districts in such a way that more adequately represent the people of the state, regardless of if it's a blue state or a red state, if you believe that people should be able to go out and vote and shouldn't have technical you know, things like, you know, only you have to, you can't have a PO box if, if you want to have a, if you want to be able to cast a ballot, you have to use a physical address, even though not all people have physical addresses. If you believe that that should change, those are things that I'm going to be advocating for as well, to make sure that every single person, <coughs> excuse me, has the right to cast a ballot <coughs> and has their ballot represent them equally amongst all the other citizens of the state. Going to go ahead and take the first commercial break, taking your calls as well. <coughs> Excuse me, 914-803-4131. That is 914-803-4131. This is Liberal Day in Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Are you planning a trip to Disney soon? Do you want help avoiding spending mistakes and making the most of your vacation? Then check out Budgeteers.com, a new site devoted to helping you get the most mouse for your money. What kind of tickets should you get? Is the dining plan a good deal for you? Should you stay on grounds or not? Should you buy park hoppers? Many other sites are filled with information about what other people like to do, but Budgeteers is geared to help you make the best decision for you. So check out Budgeteers.com or go to YouTube.com slash Budgeteers and help make your trip the best it can be. Budgeteers.com is not a travel agency and it is not affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its holdings. In a world gone mad, one progressive will do a bad movie trailer guy impression to get you to listen to his show. There's only one thing that I like better than the liberal band radio minicast. All right, Bill, that's enough of that. On the Liberal Dan Radio minicast, you will hear an honest discussion of the day's issues with some personal bits in between. You might even hear what the other side has to say, sometimes even in their own voices. So become one of the Liberal Dan family, because family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. To hear those bad impressions and more, tune into the Liberal Dan Radio minicast. Talk from the left, that's right. And I think to myself, what a wonderful show, mm, yeah. If you enjoy Liberal Dan Radio, there's many ways that you can support the show. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can like me on Facebook or follow me on Twitter or TikTok. And you can become a Liberal Dan Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can get a shout out. 
higher levels get the opportunity to vote on what I do next on the podcast, the minicast, or on YouTube. You can even buy commercial advertising or sponsor bits. So go to patreon.liberaldan.com and support the show today. Hey there, podcast listeners. This is Deminox, host of The World According to Knox. It's time for Season 2, where I take you on another trip through my world. The world of movies, video games, pop culture, and more. Relate them to the world around you. Don't forget to leave a question for Marscat, and find me on Twitter by the handle xdeminox. Letter X like X-Men, D-E-M-I-N-O-X. Now enjoy the rest of your podcast. And welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio, Talk from the Left, That's Right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's area code 914 That is area code 914 You can also join us in the chat room here on YouTube, uh, Liberal Dan Radio on YouTube, youtube.com slash liberaldanradio or youtube.liberaldan.com. Or if you're on the blog talk radio side listening, you could always join us in the chat there blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan, sign in with your free account, and make sure to uh, leave your comments, questions at the bottom of the episode page. Uh, if you're listening after the live broadcast, you can always leave your comments at liberaldan.com, facebook.com slash liberaldan, or at liberaldanradio on Twitter, or you can always, again, leave comments in the YouTube thread as well, because this will remain up afterwards as well. Uh, so, um, let's, we're going to go in back into the, the Wayback Machine. Like, you know, Wayne's World. Um, <coughs> for the Scooby-Doo ending, no. Um, the first episode, this, oh, first, before I get into all that, I do want to give a shout-out, shout-out, shout-out to uh, Demonox, the first Liberal Dan Radio patron. Shout-out to him and Sexy Sadie. Um, or Sa- I'm sorry, Sadie Sins. I'm thinking of the Beatles song. Sadie Sins, sorry for the wrong name, uh, who happens to, uh, you know, having a, a, a condition right now uh, where she had to, I think, go to the hospital, uh, but they can't admit because why? Because there's a COVID surge and there's too many people going to the hospital for COVID. So here's, this is the thing. It's one of the things that I've been harping on for, for being, almost the entirety of the pandemic. Acting right during a pandemic doesn't just mean it's not just for you. It's to protect the other people around you as well. Because if COVID sweeps through the hospitals and takes up all of the availability for hospital beds, guess what? You can't treat the other people who need help too. And that's Sadie Sins right now. So for all of you who are acting irresponsibly during the pandemic, I'm going to urge you to start acting responsibly because it's not just about you. It's about everyone else. Here's one of the things that bugs me about um, there's a large intersection between people who are like religious conservatives and people who are political conservatives and the people who would be like, you can't trample on my freedom to do whatever it is that I want to do. And people who will will look to their faith to guide them on the policies that they support, like people pro-life, et cetera. Um, But go back in the Bible, look at Cain and Abel. And the, the, the lesson that y'all were supposed to learn uh, about the whole story of Cain and Abel, where he was like, am I, I am not my brother's keeper, 
was that that was a bad thing to say, that you should be your brother's keeper. You should look out for other people. Not that, you know, it's not my business, it's not my problem, which is how many of these people are acting. They're acting like, well, your health is your responsibility, is what I've heard many people say, who are religious conservatives, who who claim to, you know, but you don't have the freedom to make other people sick, and you never have, and you shouldn't be considered to. One of the reasons I'm like, look, if you're if you're going to the hospital and you're not vaccinated and you're going to the hospital with something that's co- with, for a COVID-related illness and you didn't get vaccinated, guess what? You should get to the back of the line. Other people who acted responsibly should get to go before you or the other people who need the space. Simple as that. Also, so we said hello to Demonox and to uh, Sadie Sins. Also say a big shout out to the host of the most Limbus with the purse, the smooth sounds of the Percy podcast. And here is hoping that 2022 brings us more of these smooth sounds of the Percy podcast. Um, hope you get into a place where you're able, you feel able and willing to be able to uh, get down into making more content. I mean, I think you could just do a lot of stream of consciousness stuff, stuff. Just start talking off the top of your head. And you'd probably still have a very good show, including the smooth sounds of the Percy podcast. Probably one of the few people on radio with a better voice than me. (laughs) Anyway, um, I have the space machine, the vax. The vax is working. Daily news, the vax is most of the people. If you look at when the spike, most recent spike happened, like, let's see if I can get my hands right. So here, like, if this is the curve and you have the vaxxed and unvaxxed, and the, this is the unvaxxed and this is the vaxxed, yes, both curved up, but the unvaxxed went way more high. Like 80% or so of the people being hospitalized for COVID-related symptoms are people who are not vaccinated. People that are vaccinated make up a much smaller percentage of the people that are going to the hospitals. Uh, I don't think the hospital should have a lottery system to get help. I think the hospital should set up a system where you didn't get vaccinated over to almost two years into the into the into the pandemic, almost one year after <clears throat> one year after vaccines became available, started becoming available, and you started learning about them. If you choose to not be vaxxed, then you should give up your space. You should, you should be either forced to find another bed somewhere else or you should, they should boot you for somebody who needs it because you have made the decision. You have made the decision and the choice to not protect yourself and to not protect the people around you. So you should, that choice should come with consequences. Choices, choices always have consequences. The consequence for this one should be you don't get to take somebody else's bed. If somebody else needs this bed, Later, peace out. Get vaccinated, and you're less likely to go to the hospital. That's the message that you've been hearing for a while. Now, initially, they they were wanting the vaccine to just prevent you from getting sick whatsoever. That hasn't been the case. A, because the virus mutates, because people won't act right. People won't act right. So the virus mutates, and that's the people who won't act right's fault. Y'all are creating the problems. And then y'all create more problems. It's just problems after problems. And by saying y'all, I'm saying the people who are choosing to not be vaccinated. If you don't have a choice, if you are required by your doctor to not get vaccinated, 
that's another story. Then you should be advocating for the people who can get vaccinated to get vaccinated. Why? Because they're protecting you too. Um, I'm not saying that people don't have free will. I'm saying I'm saying that the people do have free will. And if you're making the conscious decision to not get vaccinated, despite all of the data out there that says it's safe, that say it's effective at keeping you out of the hospital, and you choose to not go back to not get vaccinated, you shouldn't you shouldn't get to take someone's bed away who needs it. Someone goes in with a heart attack, treat the person with the heart attack. Don't treat the person who is unvaccinated and who chose to be unvaccinated. I'm not talking, no, Daily News, you didn't listen to me. Daily News asks, what if I need a heart surgery? I tested negative for COVID and I'm unvaccinated. Watch, I didn't say you should get in the back of the back of the line in that instance. I said, if you are unvaccinated and you go to the hospital with a COVID-related illness, you should get to the back of the line. If you're not going to the hospital for a COVID-related illness, then your vaccination status should be should not play into a part into the, in the decision of if you get a bed or not. But if you're going to the hospital with a COVID-related illness and you then dis, and you have chosen to not be vaccinated, that person should go to the back of the line. Period. End of story. Now. If you happen to have COVID but are going to the hospital with something that's not COVID-related, also, fine. I, I, if, if, you're, if you have a broken leg that needs to be set or you're bleeding out because someone shot you at school and you're not vaccinated and you happen to be positive with COVID, then you still get treated because your vaccination status, because you're bleeding out because someone shot you at school, is irrelevant. But, again... If you are going to the hospital because you have a COVID-related illness and you chose to be unvaccinated, then you should get to the back of the line. Hell, you shouldn't even go. You didn't think COVID was that much of a risk. Why should you get to then play it risky and then, you know, get the benefits of the system And when you haven't contributed to the overall system that we're supposed to be creating to help protect everybody around you? So I hope that part is, is clear. I hope I'm glad that is clear now. Uh, also, shout out to Cesar in California. Um, my thoughts out to you and your beautiful daughters, daughters this holiday season, and to your boy Chris, who is the third Liberal Dan Radio patron. You too can become a Liberal Dan patron. Go to Patreon.com/LiberalDan or Patreon.LiberalDan.com. Both sites will bring you there. You can either support the show on a small monthly basis, just contribute, contributing three or five bucks, to get shout outs. Now, they tend to get more shout-outs because there's less patrons right now, but you at least get one a month. Uh, $3 gets your shout-out on the minicast, $5 or on the podcast. $5 gets you a shout-out on the podcast at least once a month. And you can also buy commercial advertising as well, as well if you want to uh, advertise specific causes or businesses or whatever. Or you can sponsor bits or everything like that as well. So all that, patreon.liberaldan.com. Support the show today. So now... Back in the rewind machine. January 6th was the first Liberal Dan Radio podcast of the year. And that is the same day that we had the uh, insurrection going on at the Capitol. So, um, again, you know, you got Terrace Barbie got shot and killed because she was trying to break him through a broken window into a part where there were congressmen, you know, how did they know that to me that was a justified shooting? Ashley Babbitt, you know, 
played stupid games and won a stupid prize. Bye. Um, you have uh, other people who were hitting police with various implements of destruction, um, harming police. All these people, I'm sure, at some point in their lives have said, blue lives matter. I guess blue lives didn't matter that day, did they? The people who shout blue lives matter didn't care about the blue lives at the Capitol that day. That's for damn sure. And it's all based on the big lie that the election was stolen from Donald Trump. The election was not stolen from Donald Trump, period, end of story. The election was not stolen from Donald Trump. Donald Trump was that bad of a president. And you have now, you have people going, let's go, Brandon. It's some idiot calling into a Christmas tracker for Santa Claus that the White House did. And at the end, he ended with a let's go, Brandon. Come on, like, be mature. But if they can't be mature, if you're on spouting, let's go, Brandon, I guess. But they don't understand that it really, it, we laugh at you. But let me be clear. When I'm talking about the people who are, who were taking part in the insurrection. I'm, I'm only criticizing the people who like actively went in and invaded the Capitol itself, who hit police officers, who, who actually acted in a violent way. I'm not talking about the – if you were upset that Trump lost, you wanted to go support the person that you voted for on January 6th, it's fine. I don't care. You're not part of the problem. But here's the thing that many conservatives do, including the one show that I listen to in the mornings here in, in New Orleans. Like, I, I'll complain about the insurrectionists, and they're like, but there are many people there who were, there are many people there who were not doing that. I'm like, but I'm not talking about them. Ignore them. It's just like when I criticize the people who take horse dewormer to treat COVID. I'm not talking about the people who take ivermectin who are prescribed by, that is prescribed by their doctor. I'm talking about the people that go into literal animal supply stores and buy the ivermectin that's specifically created for animals and take them for sheep and horses and other livestock taking that ivermectin from an animal supply store i'm mocking the crap out of you i'm not talking about the ones that get prescribed by a doctor and take the ones that are made for humans those are not the people i'm mocking seriously that that's unfortunately what many conservatives do many conservatives will uh try and obfuscate the argument that, are, that that's being made. Now, you have other situations where, you know, I think like sometimes, I'm thinking about this today a little bit. There are many times when leftists will make slogans <clears throat> and those slogans aren't perfect, but they're good slogans. They, they, they get you riled up. They get you behind the cause. Like the whole idea of rent is theft is one example. But conservatives will spend all this time nitpicking the, well, that's not that, that's ridiculous, that's absurd. But they won't, they'll ignore all of the other things that led up to the argument about rent, whether or not rent is theft or not. And there are lots of reasonable economic arguments in discussing why renting, why people who are renters make the system bad for the people who rent, or the people who people who are rent rent. Rentees, the people who own the property, the landlords, they, they take certain actions that limit the supply of housing, limit the supply of available property, so it artificially inflates the prop, cost of property up. 
So they're hoarding it. So they're making it less and less possible for people to actually get their own places. So that's why these people are making the argument that rent is theft. It's not a perfect slogan, but it's a slogan that they use. But the conservatives will often criticize the slogan versus the argument behind it. Just like, you know, but then they'll go ahead and start the let's go, Brandon. <laughs> you know, stupid. Anyway, so they had the insurrection going on January 6th. Um, and, and Trump even said this is going to be wild. He said this is going to be wild. He knew how bad it was going to be, yet he did nothing. He sat there on his fingers. You had you had phone calls or text messages that were made to was it Meadows from Donald Trump Jr. saying this is my my father has to lead now. That my father has to. Lead. They were they were basically showing how Donald Trump was not being a leader. And he sat and he did nothing while these people attacked the Capitol, which is a tacit approval of what they were doing, in my opinion. On the next week's podcast, we also talked about, we had more on sedition terrorists. We talked about that as well. Um, the next podcast, was the inauguration of Joe Joseph Robinette Biden. Uh, him and Vice President Kamala Harris were both uh, were both uh, installed as president and vice president because they were rightfully and dutifully elected uh, because that's what the results of the elections were. See, the left does the same thing with mocking. I mean, when I trying to mock i mean i mock lexo brandon because it's stupid i mean it doesn't affect me much this is like <laughs> here's the thing like the reason that trump lost and, and biden won it's not because you have a whole groundswell of people that magically loved biden it was just because he had a whole groundswell of people that hated trump like you, those people be like let's go brandon and they're like yeah that means f joe Bro- let's that, that, that means f joe biden right right fine good f joe biden so then you're not triggered no but F Trump more. And that's what a lot of Trump supporters can't seem to grasp. Like they don't, they don't understand that we don't treat our politicians. Like, well, I'm not, I don't treat Joe Biden as if he's a, a, a saintly figure of, you know, he's a politician. I mean, I have some feelings about him that probably, you know, cause my grandparents always spoke. Uh, my grandparents always spoke kindly and nicely of him. My grandmother who passed away five years ago today, um, she always spoke highly of Joe Biden and how good of a person he was. So, so I feel like I'm maybe a little bit more close to Joe Biden than maybe other presidents because there's that familiar connection there. Um, you know, they worked on his early campaigns. Again, they always just talked about how much of a good person he was. Um, so, so I, I know that if there is heaven up in the sky, and I know my grandparents are up there. If there is, um, I know that they would be they would have been very happy to see Joe Biden be elected uh president. And I was very emotional on when I did the live stream earlier in the day on January twentieth because of the fact that I was thinking about how happy my grandparents would have been uh to see this event happen. Um, and but look, but what but when it comes to you know, I'm not sure exactly if you can give me example daily news bringing a boy, you can give me an example of um, 
either myself or maybe others mocking like little slogans or something that the that the right comes up with, like when 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 people on the right say taxation is theft. I don't I don't I don't just say taxation is not theft. That's dumb. I go into the reasons that people why they say taxation is theft. I go into that. I even had somebody running for under the Libertarian Party who was running for president uh, on the show. Uh, it was in, in the Libertarian primaries, and I had him explain why he believed that he that why taxation was theft. Now I disagree, but I, I'm not mocking it from the from just those three things. I go de- I dig deeper. So I would love to see other examples of. Now the saddest day of American history um, was clearly not Biden Harris. Might have been Trump Pence, but even I don't even doubt that's the case. I mean, we elected somebody who ran on you know the same kind of tactics that Hitler did, but that's a whole other story. Um, the next week, uh, it's been one week was the name of the title. Uh, it's the first week of the uh, Biden-Harris administration. Lots of executive orders took place that week, and some of them undoing the reckless stuff that Donald Trump did. Um, there's also the uh, the Democrats in the Senate were being a little too, quote, fair to the conservatives by allowing them to have, you know, more say than they should have as the minority party if uh, it was a 50-50 split in the Senate and Trump and Pence had won, you better believe that Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell wouldn't have made the same deal uh, with the Democrats that uh, Joe Manchin was able to do and get done for the Republicans. You better believe that. Do you believe arresting unvaccinated would, unvaccinated would happen here in America? Are there, I don't, can you cite me an example of somebody who has been arrested specifically for being unvaccinated. I would like to see that. Um, I don't believe you should be arrested simply for being unvaccinated, but maybe if you were unvaccinated and trying to trespass into some place that required vaccinations, then you would be arrested for trespassing. But I would love to see an example of somebody uh, being arrested simply just for being unvaccinated, because I don't think that should happen, nor do I think that has happened. Um, Beginning of the year, we talked about GameStop, uh, the Wall Street bets, uh, hedge funds, the short squeeze. I had Amber Petrovich on with Just Money. We started talking about uh, some some of the stuff we had earlier in, in the year. We also had a great episode on the Percy podcast where me, Chris, Demonox, uh, we all formed Voltron with uh, Nimbus Yosh, the host of the most Percy podcast, and we went ahead and we talked about <clears throat> what exactly a short squeeze was, how it was working, and why the GameStop and AMC type funds were working. Um, I did manage to make a, a, a good, a little chunk of money uh, in that that time. I, I, it was one day, one day that I made like ten grand in one day. Now I've had some losses since then, and they're paper losses right now, but it was an amazing one day. Let's see. They charged criminal trespass. Again, that's what I said, Daily News. I don't believe that anybody was arrested specifically for being unvaccinated. They were arrested for trespassing because there was the requirement to be vaccinated, and they chose to ignore that and came on the property anyway. So they're not being arrested for being unvaccinated. It's not like they knocked on their home and said, 
you're unvaccinated, you need to go to jail now. That's that, that would be being arrested for not being vaccinated. No, they're being arrested for trespassing, which is being somewhere you're not allowed to be. So, so they're not being arrested for being unvaccinated. They're being arrested for trespassing. Big difference. Um, February 10th, there was the attempt for the Marshall Plan for Moms. Uh, there was this the second impeachment trial, which kind of went on after the fact. Um, why it was important, we discussed that. Donald Trump, the first president in history to be impeached twice. Um, interesting. Oh, we do have a caller on the phone. We will invite you on. Hey, friend, how's it going? Hello. Hello. You can't How be are you serious. Today? <laughs> I, I I'm okay. <laughs> You, you should have started it. You, you should have said, it, surely you can't be serious. And then I would have said, I am serious and don't call me Shirley. <laughs> uh, they're just calling it something else because they can't. There's no law against being unvaccinated because being mandates are not a law. And so they can't say you're being charged for not being vaccinated, but they can punish you for not being vaccinated. And punishment is criminal trespass is what they're being charged with because they can't, they can't charge you with being unvaccinated. And so right. they're just calling it something else. So to say you're not being actually arrested for not being vaxxed, well, it's you're being punished for it, and they're just calling it something else. So, yeah, they can. Well, they're calling it what it is. <laughs> okay, so here's an example. I thought I pulled up a thing. Six arrested at Queens Center Cheesecake Factory, factory after refusing to comply with city's COVID-19 vaccination mandates. Police made six arrests after a group of unvaccinated people refused to leave the Cheesecake Factory at Queen Center Mall despite the vaccine mandate requiring proof of immunization on Tuesday, December 14th. Um, there was a complaint about criminal trespassing inside the Cheesecake Factory. Uh, according to NYPD, the group entered the restaurant refusing to show true proof of vaccination or leave the premises when asked. Once officers arrived, they gave lawful orders for the group to leave, which they again refused. According to authorities, refusing to comply, the six people were placed under arrest without any further incident. Two individuals were from Queens, the other from Yonkers, Brooklyn, and the Bronx. Um, so, this again, they're not arrested. Did you see the video? Or are you just reading the article? Because there's I'm reading the article. I'm video. reading the article. Okay. I, there's I, I there's mean, a lot I'm, of video I, I, taken by different people that have posted on YouTube. And it shows from beginning to end, as far as the people there at that cheesecake restaurant, police lining up. There, there was nobody asking them to leave. And, in fact, when they were loading them up into the car, they weren't resisting arrest or anything. They were going along because, you know, there was nothing to resist as far as, all right, fine, if that's what you're going to do, but this is an American. But they were being, you know, as far as arrested and putting in put in a paddy wagon but they they weren't asked to leave they were um the few people that they did ask i don't know what happened are you saying that the article reporting that they weren't asked to leave was false or are you saying that there's no video of them being asked to leave i'm saying that the vid, that the article shouldn't have reported anything that they don't know because just to take somebody's word for it as to the events that occurred you know we just have to assume Either there's no video, there is video of them, of the people that being there and not being asked to leave. Why did the I police mean, show this, up? This whole thing. Um, because they were probably called by somebody, you know, whether okay, it was they were a business probably, or, or somebody else. they were probably called by the restaurant, right? Okay. 
Okay, okay. let me ask you a question. So okay. you had a problem with the um, with the what was it? The cake guy that uh, didn't want to make a cake for for LGBTQ, and we're saying you know that he should have just made the cake. Um, okay. What's the difference? Well, there is this. This is a city ordinance that requires anybody to go to who wants to go out to eat to have be fully vaccinated to show proof of vaccination. But it's not a law. Well, it's a city ordinance. City ordinances are laws. No, a they're city, not. A, a, a they're city, just city ordinances. A city ordinance has the, has the effect of of a law. If you pass an ordinance and you violate the ordinance of a city, you can be you can be arrested and you can be charged with a crime. You can be arrested, yes, but you it's not a it's a it's not an automatic. But no, it's can. not automatic. No, I mean you have if, you have to then go through a trial like you like you would normally do any other time. But violating well, a no, city you ordinance, you have to have somebody report it. Is what I'm getting at. You right, I'm have sure that I'm sure the cheesecake it. factory reported it because I'm sure the people who were working at the cheesecake factory, uh, after they asked the people who refused to show their proof of immunization to leave, uh, and they and they refused to leave, I'm sure they at that point called the cops because they were well, not. Wouldn't it be my right to, as far as my um, what do you call it? Hospital privacy rights, my medical privacy nope. rights to not have nope. to show any paperwork. Why not? Nope. Because so you that's want not paperwork what HIPAA does. for people to show. That's not what HIPAA means. Huh? That's not what HIPAA covers. That's not what HIPAA protects. HIPAA protects no, you from. No, but still, I have the right to privacy, whether it's HIPAA, whether it's anything else for that matter, whether, you know. You have the right to <laughs> privacy, but you don't have the right to go to the Cheesecake Factory either. If the Cheesecake Factory wants to, like, if I wanted to go, let's say I, I was 18 years old. Let's say I was 18 years. Let's say I was 18 years old. Okay. Let's say I was 18 years old, mm-hmm. and let's say okay. I walked into a bar, and I and I and I wanted to show, and I didn't, and I didn't want to show my ID. Could the bar kick me out? Yes, because it's a law. It's not a city ordinance. City ordinances are laws. There's no difference between the. Two. I, I mean. I don't know where you're coming up with the idea that a city ordinance is not the same thing as a law, but it's not a law. There are places that may choose establishments that may choose not to require proof of vaccination, your passport or anything else for that matter, asking for proof of insurance, which has nothing to do with the establishment whatsoever. Uh, But because that person could actually get in a car accident and hurt somebody else, you know, I just want to make sure that that person's driving safe, even though they're sober and everything else. They just came for cheesecake. But I just want to ask them because of the fact that, you know, everybody's responsible for everybody. And so I just want to make sure that they have insurance in case one day they do hit somebody. So I'm requiring to show their driver's license and insurance, proof of insurance. I mean, that's, that's about how ridiculous it is to ask for a vaccine passport you know, to say, you know, whether or not you're vaccinated or not because you're responsible for everybody else. And that's not the case. It's not that you, I mean, you should, I mean, people should have this idea that people should be responsible for other, for, I, I would, I would hate it if I knew that my actions caused somebody else to get sick. Like that would make me feel utterly guilty if that happened. But here's the thing. I, I looked up something the, from the Louisiana, I looked up something from the okay. Louisiana state legislature. So this is from RS33406. Now every state has different laws. So I'm not going to say this is the exactly the same thing in every state, but I'm sure. But many laws have mo- many laws have model laws, which makes you know a lot of the laws very similar. So every ordinance adopted by the board of aldermen, for example, shall be signed by the municipal clerk and presented to the by the municipal clerk to the mayor within three days after adoption. The mayor 
within 10 days, the recipient of an ordinance shall return it to the municipal clerk with or without his approval or his disapproval. If the ordinance is approved by the mayor uh, or is approved with neither approval or disapproval, the ordinance shall become law upon its return to the municipal clerk. So uh, the idea that, that an ordinance is not the same thing uh, as a law is law.cornell.edu. Uh, an ordinance is a law or decree by a municipality. Put differently, an ordinance is a local law. Usually ordinances forbid uh, asking me for money um, or restrict some sort of activity. Uh, for example, the rules of the city of New York state that a vehicular traffic facing such signal shall stop before entering a crosswalk on the nearest intersection or if none before blah, 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 blah. Municipal governments can pass ordinances on matters that the state government allows to be regulated at the local level. So basically, by passing an ordinance, they, the ordinance carries the state's authority and has the same effect as a state statute. So state statutes and local ordinances are both examples of laws. It's an example of the state government delegating its, the power to create law uh, to the local level, to be handled at the local level. So <laughs> I'm going to have to just sternly and, uh, and strongly disagree uh, with your statement that ordinances are not laws because they are. I think I lost laws are actually rules and regulations and they're set up by this, by our government as far as they're set up by government as far yes. as for the people and for their protection. Right. Ordinances. And, so, and, and, and that's what ordinances are laws. Ordinances are local laws. Ordinances are the, the, the state, the state government allows the individuals to be able to the individual municipalities or count be they counties be they be they uh oh there's that i don't know why i was looking for that anyway i was trying to find something and it's on one of my other screens anyway i was a little confused for a second but anyway state the states allow local governments to pass ordinances that have the effect of law it's the same thing as the state statute it's it's it, it, they're enforceable. They're, they, <laughs> I, I don't understand why you don't think an ordinance is, is, has the same effect as a law. It, it's, I don't know where you're getting that. Because they're, they're requiring people to be treated differently as far as the city of New York. And what laws, if no. you're going to have a civil society, you have to have a set of rules and laws that help govern a smooth-running um, city or state, and that means establishing um, these rules and uh, laws that treat everybody the same. And so when you put mandates on people or requirements on people in order to function, that does not, that is not treated equally. That is everybody saying has, you no, are everybody, different. Everybody has the it's same requirements. No, it's not. It's not discriminatory it because it's a choice. You're choosing to be vaccinated or not. Right. So if you choose to not be vaccinated, you're choosing then, then to, to have to, to follow the, the rules for people who choose to be unvaccinated. They chose to be vaccinated. So well, why should be... I have to be punished for, not, for choosing not to be vaccinated is my point. Because you, it's a pandemic. You, you have a choice. If you take that choice away, which is what you're doing when you say that everybody should be vaccinated for the protection of everybody, even if you have natural immunity, even if it's 
chance that you're going to recover. Too bad for you, too bad for your natural immunity. You don't get a choice. You need to have this vaccine in order for us to all be treated equally, which just doesn't make any sense. The 99.8% chance of recovery is a false number. Why shouldn't I have the choice not to be vaccinated? That is what makes it equal, is the choice, the choice aspect of it. You, you do have, have the choice, choice to, right, Everybody else you has do a choice. have the choice to not be vaccinated, but that choice. You have the choice to be, be punished. You're not being punished. Because you're I just be being told equally. that you can't. A punishment is 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 telling is, is like you know fining you or arresting you specifically for not getting the jab. You're not being you're not being punished for specifically not getting the jab. You're being punished because I'm you're not punished. following the. Yeah. If a local like, municipality passes a law that says that um, I can't ride a bike on the sidewalk, which is a ordinance here in the CBD Central Business District of New Orleans, is one of the ordinances here. Is you can't ride your bicycle on the sidewalk within the Central Business District, regardless of age. Um, now, somebody chooses to follow that law and somebody chooses to not follow that law. And if the person is punished for choosing to not follow the law, they're, cho- they're being, they're not being punished. It's, 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 that's being punished that's the for, way for violating works. the law. But th- so, that's so if the you're, way it if works you're, is you get pun- consequences of not following the law is punishment. And the law, and the law is not your, isn't the, the law is not get vaccinated or not get vaccinated. The law is you can't come into a, public restaurant unless you have a vaccine and some and other places some other and some other city. places some other places have it differently some other places like new orleans has has enacted ordinances that state you can't go eat or drink at a bar or a restaurant either you either, either unless you have either gotten vaccinated or you have a negative pcr test from the last three days um, that the, the results returned on the last three days. So you can either choose to be vaccinated or you can choose to get tested and then show the results of the test in order to be able to go out to eat because that's proof that at least at that point in time you did not have the virus. But it is not... We get the it, flu. The flu every year. The flu takes millions of lives every year, not only here in the United States, but all across the world. The flu can be deadly for a lot of people, and yet we don't have requirements showing that, you know, if I go into Rite Aid or if I go to, into McDonald's that I, sh- that I had the flu shot. In 2017-2018 flu season, the estimate of the amount of deaths were 52,000. How many deaths have taken place from COVID? 52,000 is, is not a splash in the bucket. It's, no, it's not a splash in the bucket. It, 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 but and 52,000 people would be worthy, according to as far as the rules with COVID, because it's a significant number. It's not like 5,000 or 300 like we've actually had in some of these states that we're still requiring mandates for masks and vaccines. But 52,000 people nationwide, that's a lot of people to die from the flu that is not requiring any type of vaccination but does offer it at your choice. So you're choosing to live or die or choosing to spread it and cause somebody else to die because you may be carrying it and not actually feeling it, you know, the effects. And my husband has carried the flu home to me, and I've been sick, got over it, no big deal. But there are carriers of the flu that you could be standing next to in line and not even know it. And if you have mitigating health circumstances that could actually cause you to die to catch that flu. But we're not holding anybody responsible for that. 
So what's the deal? Why this? Because the death of it, because it's so much more. Because in 2019, 2020, when we were social distancing and masking and stuff, at least some of us were, the deaths dropped to 20,000. Like the deaths you, were more did, than were more than halved because people took it to people took things. Look, there are always going to be people who are going to be you know who 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 are going to be harmed. There was always going to be people that died from COVID. It was always going to happen. And, and, and while tragic, it was always going to happen because it got here and it can kill people. And it's sad, but, you know, the fact that, you know, it's not, but it's not 20,000. It's 800,000. Okay. 400, so 000. let's, oh, there were less deaths last year with COVID or during the COVID virus, you know, when it first started and all the way to the end of the year. And there are more deaths today from COVID this year than there were last year. And yes, we were social distancing and wearing the mask and all that. But this year we had the vaccine. We had people yes. vaccinated. We had lots of people vaccinated. But we're not fully vaccinated. Totally vaccinated. We've gotten variants. We've gotten variants like Delta variants. That's much more transmissible. That's also much more, that's more deadly, deadly than the I mean, other I, one. You, you have, you have examples of. And, and the Omicron, Omicron, that's not very, that's not, not, it's not deadly. The lady who Omicron discovered is not it, deadly, the doctor but, who discovered but, but, it. But, but the, it's the, contagious. So what? It is contagious. Wait, can, can, yeah. Colds are contagious. Colds are contagious. The flu is contagious. You, so what? You catch it. All right. I got it. It's over. Now I move on. But like the, the initial <laughs> estimate was, was, was changed when they did some more look at the data, and they said that it was actually much – that Omicron was much less of the spread than what they thought it was. But still, it's still spreading to a lot of people, and it's causing a lot of but people to be hospitalized. Deadly. It's but it's still causing a lot of people to be hospitalized too, and that's that's that's, that's, that's the thing. A lot of people, people who are who are, huh? And the I mean, flu literally, causes, we get people get sick with things all the time, and they get but better. No, but it doesn't matter. It's that not like they're being, being hospitalized. If it's if if it's forcing more people into the hospital than 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 what the capacity is, then you're going to cause problems in other areas. Like for example. Okay. Sadie Sins, one of one of our frequent listeners to the podcast, is is not listening to the show tonight because she had to go to the hospital for something unrelated to COVID. But she couldn't get a bed. Why? Because too many people were in the hospital with COVID. So by by if 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 if, it's, if a disease like a virus like COVID nineteen can push lots of people to the hospital, even if they're not going to die, but they have to be hospitalized, and you overtake and you and you go over what the hospital capacity is. Then the other people who suffer from other things, be they heart conditions, be they broken bones, gunshot wounds, et cetera, all these other people that would normally have to go to the hospital that, on a regular basis that happen are now being put at more at risk because of the people who chose to not get vaccinated because the vast majority, like 80, 80% to 20%, so 60% more, 60% more is not an accurate way to say it, but of the people who are going to the hospital, four-fifths of them are unvaccinated, one-fifth of them are vaccinated. So being vaccinated means you're much less likely to have to go to the hospital. So you're putting a much less smaller strain. So if you're not being vaccinated, and there's also numbers that show that being vaccinated reduces your likelihood of getting it. It doesn't eliminate your likelihood of getting it, but it reduces your likelihood of getting it. It shortens the amount of time that you're sick. It reduces your likelihood of spreading it. You can still spread it, but it reduces the likelihood that you can spread it. It reduces the <laughs> likelihood that you're going to be hospitalized. It reduces the likelihood that if you are hospitalized, that it's going to be a serious hospitalization. And it also reduces the likelihood that you're going to die. So if you're not going to take steps to make... What? 
What? Said, but you're still going to get it. it. You were told, we were told at the beginning before they but started get, passing but out the vaccine. But, but that's part of the thing. Is, yeah, I might get it. I might get it again. I think I had it in January 2020 before anybody even had tests because I had a virus that was not the flu. Um, so it's possible I might get it again. But you got I, I, I was lucky. I got better. But not, but not everybody got better. A lot of people died. But it happened. I might have, like you were but, saying, but, lots but, of people died. But I might have spread it to other people, and, then might, and, that, and that might have spread to other people, and eventually gets to somebody who can't handle it. And that person could get sick and die because, because, I had, I had, because if I had COVID and spread it to somebody else, then that, that, that goes from one person to the next person to the next person until it hits somebody that is going to be harmed. Until That's a heavy who, burden who, you carry on your shoulders. I mean, seriously, it's Dan, a burden that everybody think about it be, because you're thinking, oh, my gosh, I sneezed, I have the flu, I would, and I, I could be causing somebody to die because I had to go get milk and stand in line, and I had the flu. And now I'm going to go home, actually, on my drive home and think about how many people were standing next to me when I sneezed. And I, even though I had my hand over my mouth, I wasn't wearing a mask, so now all these things could fly out of my mouth, well, you know, out of my well, hand, maybe touch we, the maybe person we next to me, and then lesson. that person could, you know, get the person next to them and the person next to them. And I might actually cause somebody to die today because I had to get milk and I had the flu and had nobody to go out and get the milk for me, and I needed the milk for the kids. So, oh, my gosh. Why are those bad things to consider? Why is it a bad thing <laughs> to consider that, that your actions might have negative consequences to other people? Like uh, that? Why is that? A, why are like you're, you're framing that as because if it's a negative, bad thing? Because those things can ha- Those things are for everybody, every time, all the time. But why time. shouldn't we reduce? I mean, why shouldn't we reduce the likelihood that these actions take place? Why shouldn't I take steps to reduce the risk that I pose to other people? Dying for everything that we did, then we would not be able to, you know, as far as be a free person to be able to enjoy life. You, you want everybody to just be. So scared to go outside just because they might hurt somebody. I don't want people to be scared or, to go outside. Know, I want people to be to responsible. Yes. That's what you to want to do. people to be responsible and not just responsible for themselves, choice. but responsible for their, how their actions impact other people. I want people to say, oh, I feel like I might have the flu. Let me go to the doctor instead of going to work. You know, I feel like I might have the flu or I feel like I might have COVID or I might have a cold. I'm sick. So let me stay home from work today. Or, or if maybe you have kids, you're always going to get sick at some point or another and taking time off of work because, if, because kids have germs. That's just the but fact But not everybody life, does know? that. Not everybody, not everybody goes, well, I feel sick, so I better not go to work today because I don't want to affect my, my coworkers. People, people will say, oh, my kids are sick, but I'm going to send them to school anyway and hope that they don't get sent home. And then I'm going to go to work, even though I feel sick, and, ho- and, and not worry about the fact that I'm going to I'm going to, I could potentially other infect people other sick, people And then those the people sickness. return back to work. Yeah, everybody returns back to work, and that's that. Every, you know, I mean. But, but if you just stayed to, home. To do it you, your way is to remove choice and just say not, everybody I, do the I, same I, I, thing I because we all need choice. to be the same. No, no, no. Do. I don't want to, no, wait, 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 wait. I don't want to remove choice. I, want pe- I would love for people to be altruistic and say, I am choosing to stay home when I'm sick because I don't want to infect other people. I am choosing to, in the middle of flu season, I'm going to put on a mask if it's flu season, just, because, just, just to make sure that if I do have it, I'm not going to spread it to other people. That's what other countries do. Other countries, it's not, it's not a rule, 
that like, you know, I think Japan, I don't think it's a rule in Japan. And if I'm wrong, somebody can correct me, but I don't think it's a rule that you have to go out in public and wear a mask during flu season. It's just culturally what they do because they have this idea that they should, that they should not infect other people when they're going out in the middle of a season where you have a, you ha- you're more likely to get the flu. So I would love. You can't for sterilize society. Like, we have you know to build up natural immunity. I'm, I, look, I don't put all of the deaths on Donald Trump like some people do. I think there is some blame to go on to governors. There are some, there's some blame to go on to Donald Trump. I think some blame it's from – It's a virus. From, from, it was going to get a lot of people no matter what because it's a but virus it could have and a virus less spreads. People. And wherever it, people it are, the virus people. may be. It could have well, gotten the, much less Donald people. Donald Trump is not the only one to be, as you said, not to be held responsible right. solely. Right, but he's responsible for Trump because solely, he could have. We need to solely I, I gotta mute you hold a second because you're, being very, you're, you're talking over me a lot today. And I, so I'm going to put you on mute. I'm going to take you off mute in a second. Donald Trump could have said, it is your patriotic duty to wear a mask. It is your patriotic duty to socially distance because we're all stand together as a country. And the scientists are saying, this is what the scientists are saying that we should do. So we're going to follow the science and we're going to do our patriotic duty to not only protect ourselves, but protect our families, our neighbors, and our communities by taking these steps, by masking and social distancing. And I'm going to be the first person to do it. And put, he should have put on the mask at that point. He should have enforced social distancing. He should have done the responsible thing. But he failed to do so. Instead, he said, I'm choosing not to mask. I don't think it would look good next to the resolute desk or whatever to be wearing a mask. He chose to take part in, in like rallies like in Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, where we all know who died from the Tulsa, you know, who attended the Tulsa, Oklahoma rally. Uh, he decided to do, he, he claimed that, he, 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 he claimed to Bob Woodward that he likes to downplay threats. He admitted to Woodward that he lied to the American public about how dangerous the virus is, but he still downplayed it because he likes to sugarcoat things so much because that's his business mind is to never let anything have a negative spin. He, he, wanted, he, he admitted in Tulsa that he, he implored that we reduce testing because he didn't want to see the numbers. He didn't want to see the cases. Those cases were there. He just didn't want to see them. He didn't want people knowing about them, even though more testing would have enabled us to be able to maybe perhaps handle this issue with more precision. We could have handled this issue with more precision. And we, maybe we couldn't, wouldn't have needed to shut down nationwide if we would have tackled things at local levels. And if he would have set the example by saying, hey, wear a mask, social distance, protect your neighbors, protect your communities. Let's all do this together. And the liberals would have said, oh, well, Fauci, so what the liberals still would have said, oh, well, Fauci and Burks are saying these things. Okay, cool. We're going to follow the science because that's what, that, what, what, we, what we will do. And if somebody would have said, well, I'm not doing, following it because Donald Trump is for it, then I would have been like, you know what? No. And I know somebody's going to say, but did it Kamala Harris say during the debate that she wouldn't listen to Donald Trump if, she, if he told her to get a, a, a vaccine? And that's what she said. But she also then said that she would listen to Fauci if Fauci said to get one. Why? Because he's the expert. So the Trump supporters needed Donald Trump to be the leader because they had to, many of them probably had to fit high school science because they were never going to listen to the scientists, but they would listen to Donald Trump. They would proudly wear a MAGA mask over their face. And if the president said, hey, you need to be socially distant, they would proudly listen to their leader. And then the liberals would continue to listen to the scientists. 
and then we would we would have got it. And would people have died? Yes, but it wouldn't have been eight hundred thousand at this point. It would have been much less, and we would have tackled the situation. We would have gotten more people vaccinated early because apparently there was no plan to distribute the vaccine once they were made via Project Warp Speed. Um, but no, it's it's yes. There are, as I said, there's always going to be deaths, and I agree with you on that point that there are always going to be deaths. But why not reduce the amount of deaths? And why not, why not make it so that, you know, wh- why won't people just have a sip? Again, as I said earlier in the show, there's this idea that these supposedly religious conservatives believe that they're not their brother's keeper. And that's the wrong lesson. That's not the lesson you were supposed to learn from the story of Cain and Abel. Not being your brother's keeper was supposed to be a bad thing, the sign of a bad person. That's the sign of a bad person that you're not wanting to look out for your neighbors, look out for your community, look out for the people around you and not just be selfish. So yeah, I would love, so we should be in a society. No, part of the reason that we're not in a society that allows for, um, that where, where people don't feel free to just skip a day of work is because we don't have a system set in place. A lot of people feel like, well, if I don't go to work when I'm sick, if I don't send my kids to school while they're sick, I'm not going to be able to afford my bills because we don't have the safety nets that will, that will be able to allow people to handle that situation where we should have those safety nets put in place that allow people to be like, okay, I'm allow people to get paid while they're sick so they can stay home and not put their trans sickness to other people. And that's not being afraid. That's just having common cur- Well, that's just having courtesy. I'm not going to call it common courtesy because just like common sense, it's no longer common. Let's go ahead and we'll take our second commercial break. Uh, We'll come back. We'll continue our call with our friend from the West Coast. Uh, Take other calls as well, 914-803-4131. That is 914-803-4131. This is Liberal Dane Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. host of the Percy Podcast. What is the Percy Podcast? (laughs) Well, it's pretty much the smoothest talking host you'll ever hear in your life talking about all kinds of things, political things, nerdy things, fun things, not so fun things. Go ahead, give a listen, and follow at the Percy Podcast for more updates and information. Why not sit back and take a listen to one of the best podcasts you'll ever hear and no one else will? (laughs) Catch you on the tune. Do you want to set money aside for a rainy day? Do you want to open an account that will give you a savings bonus each month? What if I told you that you can get both and have a chance to win $10 million? Yada is an FDIC-insured bank, and when you go to yada.liberaldan.com, open an account, and make your first deposit, you will get 100 entries into the next weekly drawing. You will also get entries each week you have a balance. So go to yada.liberaldan.com. That's Y-O-T-T-A dot liberaldan.com. 
Using gerrymandering, voter suppression, and other nefarious tactics, the Republican Party has manipulated our electoral system to maintain as much control as possible despite being a party in the minority. Liberal Dan Radio seeks to change that, and I need your help in doing so. Liberal Dan Radio has partnered with Levelfield to help us use tools that are typically only available to big money donors. When you go to stopthecoup.liberaldan.com and make your contribution, it will encourage other voters to reach out to their legislators to pass legislation to stop gerrymandering and voter suppression and target elected officials who refuse to protect the vote. Every eligible voter should be able to cast a ballot, and that ballot should have the same power as everyone else. I can't do this alone. I need your help. So please go to stopthecoup.liberaldan.com and make your contribution today. That's stopthecoup.liberaldan.com. Stopthecoup.liberaldan.com. Political advertising paid for by Levelfield. Contributions are not tax deductible as charitable contributions. And welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's 914-803-4131. That's 914-803-4131. We were talking with my friend uh, out from the West Coast uh, who disagrees with me on some of the issues pertaining to the vaccine mandates. Um, but I, I'm going to just reiterate the fact that if something that a city ordinance has the same effect as, as any law, and it's just the state government's, when, it, when, it, when a city ca- it creates an ordinance, it is doing so under the authority given to it by the state to create such laws, i.e. ordinances that are, you know, as opposed to state statutes, uh, it, it's doing so under the authority given to them. And it is not discrimination to say that you can't, uh, that you can't go to a cheesecake factory, for example, in this case, uh, if you're not immunized. And I'm going to again compare it to the bicycle thing. They are like, if you're riding a bicycle, uh, correctly on the street, you're not going to get a ticket because you're following the ordinance. If you ride the bicycle in a way that is not following of the ordinance, you're going to get punished by the government because you're choosing to not follow the ordinance. So in this case, you had people choose to not follow the ordinance. Uh, then the ordinance was that in order to go out to eat, uh, you need to be fully vaccinated and you need to be able to show proof of that vaccination. And if you and if you refuse or fail to show the proof of vaccination, then you don't get to go out to eat. And the and the, that corporation or the business is free to then ask you to leave. And if you don't leave, they're going to call the cops, and the cops are going to make you leave. And you're going to be arrested not at that point for being unvaccinated. You're going to be arrested for trespassing because they asked you to leave and you did not leave. Just like you would be arrested for trespassing if you they asked you to leave for other reasons. Like, for example, if the sh- they had a policy where everyone was required to wear a shirt and the company said, well, you need to wear a shirt in my restaurant. And y'all said, well, I don't want to wear a shirt. I want to go without a shirt. I just want to wear my swimsuit in. I don't want to wear a shirt in your restaurant. And they say, well, too bad. You have to either wear a shirt or you have to leave. And then if those people refuse to leave, they could also call the police for criminal trespassing. You're not arresting them for being shirtless. You're arresting them because they're trespassing, because you asked them to leave and they did not leave. That's no, Nobody is being arrested for not being vaccinated. They're being arrested 
for trespassing and, via, and, and for not leaving them when the company, so when the business says you cannot be in here because your being in here violates with either company policy or, in this case, a local ordinance that is set up to say. And let's say there wasn't a local ordinance. Let's say the Cheesecake Factory just had a company policy specifically that says in order to enter any of our restaurants nationwide, you have to show a vaccine card. You have to show a proof of vaccination. And if you refuse to do so, even if it wasn't an ordinance in the city, the company could still ask you to leave because you're not following their policies. And guess what? Still be trespassing. You wouldn't be arrested for not being vaccinated. You'd be arrested for trespassing. And that's why it is you're not it is not that is why this is not an example of somebody being arrested for not getting a shot. <coughs> Again, if it was if your people were getting arrested simply for not being vaccinated, uh, they would be knocking on their home saying, "Hey, do you have your card? No? Well, come on, you're going to jail now." That's not what's happening. But too many times, conservatives love to make them love to put themselves in situations and then claim that they're being the victims. Like you know, the scene from uh, wait, do I have that? Wait, do I have that audio? I really, oh, where is it? Oh, I should have had that ready. Um, uh, no. Oh, I wish I had it. Is it under H? Oh, there it is. There it is. Help, help, I'm being repressed. Yes, that is, that is pretty much what the uh, conservatives in this situation are doing. They're, they're purposely going into a situation knowing full well that they're supposed to be vaccinated to try and make a point and, and you know, knowing that we want to go to the, we feel that we should be entitled to go at the, despite the fact that we, we're being told that we have to be vaccinated. And then once they arrest them, help, help, I'm being repressed. Yes, thank you. So there, I knew I had that audio somewhere, um, you know. It is what it is. Thank you, Donald. Okay, so we're going to bring our friend back online because, you know, I did have to take another commercial break and take some water on top of being able to get my points off. But let's let's see if we can have a better back and forth without us talking over each other. So, because normally we do. And uh, so, um, I, 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 and if we're and I, I really don't want to go back and forth. Is an ordinance a law? Isn't is an ordinance not a law? If you still believe that an ordinance is not the same thing as a law, then we're just going to have to leave it at that because I'm not going to spend the entirety of the show debating that. I've read a couple of sources from that that says ordinances are laws. And if you don't want to agree with that, I welcome you to send me an email to say why they're not. Um, and we can maybe discuss that. And I'll read that on another show if you prove it to me otherwise, but I don't think that proof is going to be given tonight. Um, I mean, you can laugh, but I mean, it's, you know, I've shown, I've, I've read several examples of where sites, you know, legal sites specifically state that ordinances are laws, and there, the, when when a municipality creates an ordinance, it has the effect of law because the state empowered them to create those things, um, to create the ordinances. So they're doing so under the power that the state government gives them. That they're delegated those responsibilities, and they can implement those laws, the ordinances, and they act as law, and they work as laws. And if you violate them, you can be arrested for it. Um, it's as simple as that and and you're not and again you're not being arrested in this particular circumstance for for going out to eat and not having a vaccine card you're being you're being arrested because you're 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 choosing to stay when the business has asked you to leave and that's trespassing so and if the business never if the business would have said okay you could just eat here and we're not going to worry about it then that would be on the business and potentially the business could get fined at that point if they allowed people to eat not 
vaccinated, but this is an example of a business that said, hey, we're going to follow the ordinance, and the ordinance does not allow us to serve people who are can't show proof of vaccination, and they refused to leave at that point, in which point they were trespassing. Like, I had a circumstance the other day. My vaccine card was in my wife's purse. I was out running errands. I felt like I wanted to go stop and have myself a slice of pizza at a place that I enjoy down here that serves wonderful pizza. I went in, realized I forgot my thing, and so I couldn't. I, I could only order the food to go, and I could sit outside. I could sit at one of the tables outside. So I did that. I didn't make a stink. I didn't make a scene. I didn't say, well, why can they eat in here and I can't? I'm vaccinated. I just don't have proof of it because I'd left my card stupidly in my wife's purse. But I didn't argue the point with them. I said, all right, I'll go eat outside and follow your rules. And it's reasonable for them to ask me to do so, and it's reasonable for me to do so. And if, and if, and if they didn't have a place for me to eat outside, I would have taken it to go and brought it home with me. Like, but again, you have these people, you know, these six people who knew the ordinance. They knew that what was going to happen when they went out and did it. And instead of just, you know, not instead of just listening to the business when the business said, hey, you can't eat here because the, the law says you can't eat here, the, uh, they instead went, help, help, I'm being repressed. <laughs> yes. So I don't, I don't know what else I can add to that. <laughs> Hello? Are you there? Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you have any other points you want to make? I just have a question. Okay. And I actually put it in the chat room. So would you agree that like with any medication or vaccination, that there are some people who may have a permanent reaction or a deadly reaction um, to that medication or vaccine? It's hypothetically possible. Um, The, I think the, Clinical trials, the phase two clinical trials, I think phase three clinical trials started in June okay. of 2020. Wait, wait. Okay, let me. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Fully go ahead. Answer I'm, the I'm quiet. Go ahead. The go phase ahead. two clinical trials, I think phase three started in June of 2020, so phase two would have started before. Um, phase two usually deals with the safety, and so phase three deals with efficacy. Um, there's little or no evidence. There's been no deaths in Louisiana, for example, of, of anybody who has taken the vaccine and nobody who has died from the vaccine here in Louisiana. Now, there are people who, I guess, report on VAERS or whatever. Oh, well, this person died after taking the vaccine, but it's not a causation. That's, many of those are correlations like, oh, well, this person took the vaccine. Oh, and now this person died. But they didn't quarrel, they didn't like prove a causal relationship in that place. And many people are trying to say, like there are people out there trying to say that there may be upwards of two hundred thousand vaccine deaths um, because the VAERS underreports the amount of people who died after taking the vaccine, where you know, some of these people might have, you know, a vaccinated person might have died of old age, or a vaccinated person might have died of something like in a car wreck. But the people who are opposed to vaccines are trying to make the point, are trying to confuse the issue. Now, if there are people who legitimately can't take the vaccine because their doctor says it'll be dangerous for you to vaccinate, then I think that there should be a way to be able to handle such people. And and I think the rules in New Orleans, for example, 
that either require a proof of vaccination or a negative PCR test. I think that is a good way of handling it. I think that is a good way of basically saying, okay, it's easier for you to get the vaccine because then you just have your card. You can show your card. Hey, I'm vaccinated. Or if you're not vaccinated, you know, either by choice or by not, you can show your PCR test. I, I think that is a good way of handling it. Now, other states and other municipalities may very well feel like handling it differently. And I can agree or disagree with that. I can't necessarily have, a, have an impact on, on what, like, for example, New York City decides to do when it comes to that. Um, I think, again, I think that there should be a way uh, for these places to handle such people that are, that are, that are high risk when they take the vaccine. Um, but maybe for some of these people, it might just be, you know, you then, you know, have to get takeout, for example, as opposed to, you know, being able to eat in the restaurant. I don't know. I don't know what, how, how you best handle that. Um, no set of rules is going to be perfect, but I always try and when I, when I discuss ordinances and policies, I do think it's important to look at those exceptions, the, the, the small exceptions of the, those people. Um, I wish more I'm conservatives. I'm talking about the ordinances. Sorry. No, but, but I, I, wish, I wish more people would, I wish more conservatives would take into consideration uh, those exceptions to the rule. I wish, I wish they would take into consideration, I wish more conservatives on more issues would, would take into consideration the exceptions to the rule. Unfortunately, they don't. Um, but we can talk, that, that's more of risk? another issue. What about risk? There's risk with anything. There's no perfect medication, no perfect vaccination. That's why they have clinical trials. And there are right. other countries that are showing. In fact, there are, um, let me, I have to get the link so that you can check it out, but um, showing that um, as far as the vaccination, because there are, there's risk with it. And you can't have a one size fits all and expect for nobody to react, have any type of reaction. Uh, whether it be minimal or permanent or, you know, resulting in, even in death. And we don't know that because it, it's, you know, it's a hit and miss type of thing. It's a random thing because people's systems are different. And so you never know how you're going to react to anything. That's why a lot of times when you go to the doctor and they give you medication for high blood pressure or anything else, they'll give you the minimal dosage or whatever to, to see how you react to that. And if it's, you know, positive, then we'll keep you there. If we need to up it, then we will, because there's no perfect science to, um, you know, to distributing medication that, you know, you have to check it out and see what happens. And so if you are, if you don't know how your body is going to react and you, and, you know, you're being required to put something into your body that you don't know how it's going to react and they don't know how it's going to react, nobody knows, you know, I just think that that's criminal for them to require you to put something into your body when they don't know how it's going to react, let alone yourself. You know, that's, it happens. And, and you know, it may not happen to everybody, and obviously that's not the case because there's a lot of people who have vaccinated and they're fine. But you could be that one in a million or one in five million or whatever that has that reaction. And so people may choose not to take that risk. Others chose to take that risk. They weighed out their, you know, the risk over the COVID and suffering from the, um, what do you call it, the symptoms of having COVID. And they decided they didn't want to go through that. So they chose to, to do the vaccine and others chose to take that risk and, or not to take that risk and, you know, suffer through the COVID and get better or whatever. But it just seems to me that, that for any 
whether it's the city or the federal or any anybody, you know, my neighbor, my parents, whatever, to say, you have to do this if you want to live a normal life and, you know, participate in society. I want you to put this into your body, even though we don't know how you're going, how it's going to react. And so I just, you know, that's the problem that I have. I don't have a problem with vaccinations in general. I mean, we were all vaccinated as kids and, you know, that's just the way it goes. And those things were trial and error. A lot of children were killed uh, because of the um, the polio vaccination and they had to go back to the drawing board and they fixed it and, you know, then it turned out to be a good thing to, to prevent children from getting it. But there are a lot of children that died because of um, the initial vaccination that came out for that. So, you know, when we think about the, the risk that's involved, um, I think that people should have that choice and, and it's not a matter of whether I care for my brother or, or not. And, and what they mean by my brother's keeper is people who are sinning. You can't stop people from from sinning. And so I'm not my brother's keeper. I can inform my brother or sister about the Lord and and the promisings of, you know, eternal life or whatever. And if they reject it, then I can't keep, you know, being in their face about sinning <laughs> and because that's not... <laughs> That's up to them. I gave, they, I gave them the information, and they can do with it what they want. So as far as my brother's keeper, that's what it meant by that. And so, you know, I, I can't be everywhere in everybody's face and prevent them from sinning. So, you know, as far as to use that as an example for Christians, that's that's what that was about. But, um, yeah, so anyway, that's why I asked you the question as far as the risk involved and, and whether or not you think that people should should take that risk in order to participate in society. But, I mean, that's not really what the, well, A, that's not what my brother's, my brother's people goes back to Cain and Abel, where, um, where he, his, his thing is whether or not, you know, people, are, he was asked um, where, where Abel is, and he said, am I my brother's keeper, am I my brother's guardian, depending on the translation that you're using. Um, and the, the, the message is that he should have been his brother's keeper. He should have looked out for his brother. It's not that he, it's not that he didn't look, you know, teach him about sin or that. That's not what the message of Cain and Abel was. That's not what that message is. So I don't know. I mean, maybe it's because I was raised Jewish. So I only looked at the, at the, at the Torah version in that explanation. Maybe, maybe Christianity has changed the meeting and has retconned to use uh, science fiction parlance uh, when it comes to the meaning of what things are. Uh, maybe maybe they have, but according to the Jewish faith, that's that's not what my my brother's keeper stands for. Now, um, you can't really say though that if if you have a choice whether or not to take it, you can't really say that it's then a requirement. It's not a requirement if it's a choice. So yeah, people are there repercussions? Are there are there are there things you're then also choosing to not be able to do if you choose to not be vaccinated, especially in the way that we're handling this, and that you know we're basically we're, we're relaxing and tightening restrictions as uh the uh as infection rates and, and hospitalization rates wax and wane um as as you know for a while we had it to where it was you know we had less restrictions and then as as they uh got there's the as the you know, the surge we'd throw in more restrictions although it's still kind of silly to me to be able to to, to say okay well since it since since we've gotten better, we're going to stop doing the things that made it better. So it's one of those things that I don't quite get, you know, Oh, we're going to stop doing the thing that worked. Now it's, Oh, well, Oh my God. Shocking. It's not, it's, we're now getting more people sick now because we stopped doing the thing that worked. Let's do the thing that works again. Oh, 
we've stopped it again. It, it, it slowed down. We have less infections. So let's stop doing it again. Oh, look, it's surging again. So there's this kind of cyclical thing that's kind of driven by the fact that we stopped doing the things that work <clears throat> because people complain too much about not being able to do what they wanted to do. Nobody's going to have a, quote, normal life during the pandemic. Um, I've, I've had a completely, you know, I've, I've, I've not done many of the things that I would have loved to have been doing for the past two years or so. Why? Because I feel that certain things are irresponsible to do in the middle of a pandemic. And I've sat there and watched as other people did those things and then helped spread the virus. And then, oh, no, I got sick. Well, no, no, no crap, you got sick. And you got other people sick, too, because you chose to do things that you shouldn't have been doing in the middle of a pandemic. Um, because there's, there's two types of, like, you know, that's one of the reasons I've said Barack Obama was wrong when he said there's no, we don't have two Americas, there's only one United States of America. He is wrong on that because there are clearly many examples of how we have two different Americas or more. This pandemic has shown everybody that there are the people who believe that they have a responsibility to not only have their own actions, but they should, you know, look to how their interactions might affect others. And then there are people who view any amount of of uh, of things being asked to do as an inconvenience and as such immoral to be asked upon them. Like like any any hardship or inconvenience is somehow morally bad and un-American because Americans shouldn't have to make those choices. Now I can only imagine what these how these people would have been like. They would have been insufferable during World War II when people were asked to make many sacrifices. They they were asked to go without things that they were used to go without in order to support the war effort, in order to come together as a nation and be able to fight the evils of the Nazi Germany and the Japanese. Uh, these people would have been insufferable back then because they would have been asked to do things. That, oh, you can't make us not do these things. We're not living a normal life. It's not normal times. You can't be asked. You can't ask to live a normal life when we're not in normal times. We're in a pandemic. We have, we have, more people getting sick than would normally get sick. We have more people dying than would normally die. Why? Because we have a virus that is going around that is more deadly than the flu. It is more deadly than the common cold. It is more deadly than many other illnesses that we've had on this planet to the life of the planet. Have there been some that killed more people? Sure, absolutely. But this has been very, very deadly. And what's even concerning is, let's see. Worldwide COVID deaths. Worldwide COVID deaths. Uh, the total total number of worldwide deaths is 5.41 million. Um, let me pull up the calculator. If we take, we have had like 820,000 deaths in the nation divided by 5.4, I'm sorry, I don't want to point, 5, 400, 5, no, that's, that's one, too many zeros. There you go. 820,000 divided by 500 is 15%. The United States makes up 15% or 6, yeah, 15% world, 15% of the overall deaths in this country or in this, in this world. We have now, we have 7.753 billion people as opposed to see, U.S. 
population. Its population should be about 340,000. Um, I mean, 330 million. So let's see, memory plus that. We're going to clear 330 million divided by 7.75. What did I do? Divided by 7.7 billion people. 4% of the world's population. We have 4% of the world's population and 15% of the world's COVID deaths. Something's wrong there. Something is absolutely wrong there. That tells us that we as a country are doing something incredibly wrong. And that is the idea. And, and to me, at least part of it is we have this idea that, you know, or at least a, a significant portion of this country believes that they don't have the requirement, the social responsibility to look out for their fellow, fellow neighbors, their fellow human beings. We have a disproportionate amount of deaths in this country simply because, simply because there are people in this country who refuse to say, oh, my actions might negatively impact somebody else. Let me go ahead and change these actions. And I'm not just going to say that they're all conservatives. I have a conservative friend who I went and played a game with on Sunday because we made sure that everybody was fully vaccinated and nobody was sick. Uh, so therefore, we went ahead and, and played our game together. Um, it's something that I have done very rarely during this pandemic. We found many different online ways to do it. Uh, however, um, the uh, he is conservative. He's a big old you know conservative. He's very conservative, but he got vaccinated because he understood and he he understands that there's requirements, there's social responsibility. He, he has a social responsibility to do the right thing, not just for himself, but for others. He, he to me, would be the model example of what a conservative should be like. Um, but unfortunately, there are too many people, and there are liberals. There are people who I've seen who are liberal who go out and do things that they're not supposed to be doing either. Like, they go out and you – know, I've seen liberals go out and party when they shouldn't, and I'm critical of that too. And I'm going to criticize them when they do that. But, you know, there's too many people in this country who are whiny little babies, who don't want to ask to make any sacrifices for the betterment of all of mankind, or all of humankind, for all of this country. They refuse to do what's needed to be done to protect their neighbors, to be their brother's keeper. And, <laughs> yes... Um, I posted a link in the YouTube chat room. It's from the CDC website itself. It may have blocked um, it. You might you might want to put it in Block Talk. Okay. I don't see um, I don't see it. So you may want to, you may want to post it in the Block Talk chat. I'll I'll put I'll post it in Block Talk. But it is from the CDC um, itself. And um, okay, there it goes in Block Talk. And um, what it is is um, it's their page that talks about their their updates on the deaths from COVID. Now, when you click that link, it will take you to a page, and then you can scroll down for weekly updates. And and if you click that, 
as of December 25th this year, all deaths involving COVID-19 were 1,646 nationwide. Now, deaths from all causes, meaning, you know, I guess COVID-19 with pneumonia, with uh, influenza, with, you know, other things, would be 11,350. Percentage of expected deaths were 20, and deaths involving pneumonia were 1,441. And um, deaths involving COVID and pneumonia together were 912. All deaths involving influenza by itself were 30. Oh, no, I'm sorry, 10. So there weren't very many for that. And deaths involving pneumonia, influenza, or COVID-19 were 2,185. And this says date as of 12-29-2021. Okay, hold on. Let me uh, try and bring that up. Okay, so, and what's the point you're trying to make with this? Was that... Um, that we're actually doing a lot better now um, and not as bad as you, you were mentioning um, with the amount of deaths from COVID. And so um, the numbers that are being reported in the news aren't the actual numbers that, um, that are being posted by the CDC and the um, and NCH um, government website. So I don't know what they're trying to do as far as, you know, cause fear monger and and try and because as far as people amount of people yes people are still dying and that's a tragedy but when we're talking the 800,000 people that you were talking about before being you know killed by the COVID last year um, that number was incorrect too and it breaks it down on the same CD website because it goes back to 2019 and um, as far as the flu and pneumonia and then when COVID came about but um, so the 800,010 uh, people was actually COVID with a bunch of other stuff, um, whether it be respiratory failure, hypertensive diseases, diabetes, cardiac arrest, adult respiratory distress syndrome, renal failure. Um, they just have sepsis. They have all these um, other things that these people had uh, when they had put COVID on the death certificate. So it was these things in addition to COVID, but actual COVID deaths. Um, for this year, as of the 29th, um, we're showing the, what did I tell you, 1,000? Let me see, let's go back up to that. Did you click the link? Yeah, I'm, I'm, my mouse is giving me some issues at the moment. So I'm trying to, I have clicked the link. I'm trying to see, um, see data as of, all right, weekend. All right, I have an 11.27 weekend. Like like the like the okay. data is like I have a provisional if data. Click, I'm sorry, where it says daily updates of totals by week and state. All right, hold on, let me click back to that one. Uh, weekly, uh, I have weekly provisional deaths by state and select causes. Uh, what were you having me look at? When, okay, so when you click the link, it took you to a page that says Provisional Death Counts for Coronavirus Disease 2019. Is that what it says on the top page? I said weekly updates by yeah. select demographic and geographical characteristics. Okay. Daily updates That's of total okay. per week and state, okay? Perfect. Okay, so where it says contents, then go down to where it says daily updates of totals by week and state. Let's see. All right, so 1225. All deaths, including COVID, uh, 
1646. Okay, so it's 1646. And you scroll down. Okay. You scroll down a little bit to the first chart. All right, yeah, I'm in this I'm in the I'm in the chart. Okay. And it says deaths involving coronavirus disease 2019 pneumonia, but then to the side of that it says data as of 122921. So it's most current. And then it says, yeah, the 1225 as of December 25th, 2021, all deaths involving COVID. 1646 nationwide. So, I mean, this is for the entire country, not anybody okay. else. Okay, so I mean, we're actually that, that, doing a lot better. Well, this one week, but like the week before that, we had 4,915. Uh, so we're going you know, down, though. See, that's the point. We're going down. Okay. Last week that we were at 4,000. But that doesn't mean we're not going to go back up. up. But, but, but that doesn't mean we're not going to go back up. That's the thing. It's like, yeah, I would love to – if this continued this trend and we had and, – and our deaths went down to zero, awesome, cool. And if we can maintain that, awesome, cool. But, but one of the things is that, like, I think you made the point about the deaths um, involving COVID versus – or that, you know, where you had, like, comorbidities or it was, like, they went to the hospital and they tested positive for COVID but had, like, heart disease. And the COVID – but the thing is, is that – Let's say you had heart disease or let's say you had diabetes or something. And let's say the diabetes is well-maintained. Let's say another condition, some other condition that was well-maintained under medication and that wouldn't have gotten bad um, except for the fact that this person now got COVID-19. So maybe the person might have had 20, week, 20 years to live. But now they caught COVID-19 and they died because the COVID-19 made the system work. It's just like when you have HIV, uh, HIV and COVID, completely different things. But when you, most people don't die of HIV. Most people die because the HIV weakened their immune system, making them more susceptible to other conditions. So you'll have a lot of people who have HIV who die of like pneumonia. But they, they died of pneumonia, but, it was the H, but preve- if they would have been prevented from getting the HIV, then they wouldn't have, they most likely would not have died of pneumonia. So you have people who, who might have had you know, comorbidities or other issues that they might have died, you know, death involving COVID-19 and pneumonia, for example, was 912. But they might not have gotten the pneumonia had they not gotten the COVID because that okay. they're, they're so, so that's the thing yeah. is that, is that pre- preventing the COVID is, but by, by, if we work to prevent the COVID, we prevent many of these deaths. Okay, I, 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 I agree to an extent. Yeah, okay. I'm with you there. Um, to the extent of, you know, as far as other caller, I do see you. There's another caller. I'm going to let, I'm going to let you okay. finish your I'll, point. One more point, point, real quick. Okay, yes, go ahead. Thank you. <laughs> I'll, I'll be quiet after Rod Brothers. Um, on that same chart, if you go across, it gives you everything that you were just talking about as far as death from all causes. So it could be anything. In, and, um, and then they have, you know, with COVID, if you keep following that chart, how many people. Right. But if you, what you brought to my point, which I didn't even notice. Um, the dates on that chart, it's, there's a pattern of it actually going down. Now, there were periods where it did come up again for a little bit, but then went back down. But the 1,646 is the most significant of the down uh, trend than ever before um, when you look at the dates of, or weeks of those numbers. And same with the uh, deaths from all causes and, and other numbers for um, influenza and pneumonia. So we are on a downward trend, which is good, um, and that is well, that, a very that, significant drop. This is the other thing. One other thing I would just add to that is that it's interesting that 
like I don't know what it is. Like twelve four, the example has had deaths from all causes was for that week, the week, uh, the week ending date. So the week ending twelve four, there was fifty eight thousand five hundred eight deaths. The week ending twelve twenty five is eleven thousand three hundred fifty deaths. Deaths. What about mm-hmm. this particular week ending in, ending in Christmas? Um, do made this week just not deadly overall? Like not just regular deaths, but all deaths went down from a month, like uh, by twenty five percent, twenty percent. Like it went from mm-hmm. the, the, so. But again, it's data as of twelve twenty nine two thousand and twenty one. So I'm wondering if they just don't have the data yet. I'm wondering if there are just deaths that haven't been reported yet that will be added to this chart. Maybe, maybe next week. Maybe, maybe for the next episode of Liberal Day and Radio Talk from the Left. That's right. We will see that this chart will have updated the week ending 1225, and maybe there'll be more deaths. Maybe there'll be more COVID deaths. That would be interesting to see. So here's mm-hmm. my. My, if I forget to do it, my challenge to you is to bring this back up on the next. Let me go ahead and favorite the site so we don't, uh, so I don't lose it, so I can have it easily to access. But if I don't bring it up on the next show, remind me. Let's go ahead and take a screenshot of it as well, because you know we want to be able to see what the table looks like today versus what the table looks like. Um, you know, a week from today or whatever. And we're going to see, I just, just for my curiosity's sake, I want to see if the, these numbers change as we advance a week, if, if potentially there are more numbers that are going to come in that we haven't gotten yet, or if for some reason the week ending in Christmas just happened to be uh, an outlier as it comes to deaths. Because, you know, September 25th, 70,000 deaths. October 2nd, 69,000 deaths. October 9th, 66, October October 9th, 16th, 65, 23rd, 64, 30th, 63, November 6th, 62. So there's like all the, there's, there's no weeks that are, that are less than 50. Then all of a sudden the 18th, you only have 33. And then the 25th, you have 11,350. That seems to me, that seems to suggest at least that we don't have all the data from the deaths from from last week now i could be wrong maybe maybe this is correct but i have a feeling that we're gonna that we're gonna see the information on this chart be altered as they get more data in so i definitely want to uh see that next week i'm gonna save this chart uh um, cdc info 1229 and this way we'll be Oh, you're very welcome. I appreciate it. <laughs> and thank you. Thank you for giving me the link. And I think that'll be an interesting thing to look at next, next year. So I'm going to put you on mute. You can yeah. raise your hand again if you want to talk, if you want to have another point that you make, but I'm going to go ahead and put you on mute. I do want to bring on our another caller who's been waiting so nice and patiently for the last 10 minutes. I appreciate you waiting. Uh, thank you for calling the show. What's your name? Where are you from? Yes, Liberal Dan. This is Mike from Minneapolis. How are you doing? Hey Mike, how's it going? How's how was how was your holidays? I forgot to ask that of my uh, friends out from out from the West Coast. Did you have a good holidays? Yeah, yes sir. How are yours? Uh, doing pretty. They went pretty well. Um, had 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 some, you know, nice couple of days off. It was nice to have a four day weekend and you know, 
to be able to relax um, as much as I could relax. I have been doing some more exercising, trying to get in a little bit more shape, except for round. Round is a shape, but I want to be in a different shape than that. So I've been I've been adding to my exercise routine, which is good. Um, but so that's been new. That's about three weeks I've been working out. So we'll we'll see. We'll see how that goes, but hopefully it'll it'll add to my other efforts and maybe drop some poundage. But do you have any points you'd like to make about what we've been talking about? Any additional points? Yeah, the uh, I just once again I think it is an issue of people just not knowing how COVID works, how you get it, and so forth. Because I still see people today, you know, wiping stuff down and you know wiping door handles and all stuff, and it's like that's not how you get COVID. And I'm kind of amazed that people haven't found out how you get it. So the primary okay. way you get COVID is if you're in, you need to be in an indoor situation with poor ventilation where there's a large number of people and for about at least three hours or more. That's the type of exposure you have to get to be able to get it. And once you get it, uh, it, it, it basically stays in your nose for about three to seven days. And then after about three to seven days, then it'll transition down into your lungs. And so when you understand, like, how you get it and what the virus does once you initially have contact with it, I think you will understand the best ways to treat it. So let's say, for example, you go out to a movie theater or a game or something, and you know you're going to be in an indoor setting with a lot of people for a couple hours, right? Right. First thing you should do when you get home is, um, you know, the um, what's, that, what's that fluid called? It's, it's like people use it to uh, sanitize cuts or use it as a mouthwash, um, it comes in a brown bottle. I forgot what it's called. No, oh, we talked about this last, last week, I think. Um, hydrogen peroxide, H2O. Uh, yeah, that's it. Exactly, yeah. If you just take that, and uh, this is the uncomfortable part, but you basically have to flush it down your nose like so that it goes down the back of your throat, into your throat, and come down. That's why you basically want to rinse your nose out with that and then wash your mouth out with that or, you know, as a mouthwash as well. And if you do that, you should take care of any, any of the virus that's actually in your nose at that point so that you can cut it off before it transitions down to your lung where you can get a more serious reaction. And just for whatever reason, the government doesn't want to discuss that because I'm convinced that our government is more than happy with COVID deaths and people getting reacted and getting hospitalized because it helps push the fear mongering, which ultimately leads to people getting more vaccines, which then profits the pharmaceutical industry who's then paying off the government officials through lobbies and special interests. So I'm just convinced we're in the middle of a massive money-making operation, and they're just, they're just leaving people in the dark because they like it this way because it benefits them both financially and power-wise. Okay, well, well, I would just urge everybody, if anybody's listening to the show, who wants to you know, consider the use of hydrogen peroxide for um, uh, prevention of COVID-19. Definitely, you know, neither of us on the phone. I mean, I'm assuming you're not a doctor. No, no, no. I got, I got this from Dr. Peter McCullough. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Um, I can look him up real quick. Dr. Peter. A good, a good source <laughs> for anyone wanting to listen. Dr. Peter McCullough did an interview with Joe Rogan, I think about two weeks ago. It's pretty popular. I think it's had more than 40 million listens, but it's, uh, when I, when I looked yeah, that up, I first really... Dr. Peter to, to give you a, to, to give you an example of what my interests are outside of the podcast. When I typed in Dr. Peter, the first uh, oh. suggestion that the first suggestion that I got was Dr. Peter Venkman from Ghostbusters. Uh, so <laughs> that, that gives you an example of of what what my external 
uh, likes uh, to uh, um, my external likes. Like you know, I did I did go see the uh, the most recent Ghostbusters movie. Um, let's see. There is, you know, there is, there is some information on that. Uh, I think there is, uh, um, let's see, I'm trying to see that. There, there's yeah, something if, from if you, the... if you ever get a chance, you should, I mean, I don't know if you listen to Joe Rogan at all, but his interview of uh, Peter McCullough is absolutely fascinating. It's, it's a great listen to him. A lot of information in there. It's, uh, he brings up some interesting points because his whole issue is that the fact that you know, places like Harvard Medical School and John Hopkins and all the major, you know, leading medical institutions in America still have not developed any actual treatment for COVID. And he talks about it's like a, a paralysis of fear that got everyone just locked on the vaccine and that is, and not and not looking to develop a therapeutics, which something that he's worked a lot into. And so it's a great interview. You should check it out. I mean, everybody should listen to people on both sides and see what they have to say. But uh, there is there is a uh... Yeah, hydrogen peroxide can be toxic if it's ingested, right? So you're, you're not saying that anybody should... Oh, of course. Should... I'm, not, I'm not saying to swallow it, no. We're talking right. about rinsing your nose and mouth out. This is not... Don't ingest it. Okay. There are people who, in, in my searching here of the hydrogen peroxide thing, there are people who are say, who are, who are suggest, hearing other examples of not just rinsing your nose with it, but, who, but people are putting it in their nebulizer and are doing that. So you're not saying to do that either, right? <laughs> No, of course not. Oh okay, my gosh. Okay. So, so yeah, those are. <laughs> there are crazy people out there that'll do all kind of stuff. I mean, there are people that put hamsters up there behind for crying out loud. There's all kind of stuff going on. I mean, there, there is, that is an episode of South Park. Um, <laughs> but no, I would definitely. Uh, but again, regardless of you know what we're saying, of course, I want to encourage everybody to uh, you know if you if you hear of something that might be a potential. Uh, that you that you that you found that might be interesting. I would encourage everybody to speak with their doctor before before doing anything when it comes to uh, any potential prevention or treatment of COVID. I mean, I for one, I no, mean, you I can't trust you know, your there are a lot always. of people. There are a lot of people who I know who I hear talking on the radio um, and other another conservative sites that are always promoting things like you know like a vitamin C, D, and zinc. I think to help just protect with general wellness. And my grandfather. Um, who passed away in the past couple of years? He uh, he always talked about the benefits of taking vitamin C. Um, you know, he always encouraged you know mega dosing of vitamin C. And you know, when he got sick, you know, taking re- vitamin C regularly and taking a mega dose when you started feeling sick. Um, and I always found that that worked, um, especially if if you kind of well, uh, if you're talking about in the context of COVID, <clears throat> the vitamin C and D that they're talking about that is that's when you take it through an IV drip, not not okay. through a pill. Okay. So but I usually, yeah, but I usually recommend taking vitamin C anyway, just to maintain general health. Because uh, usually, whenever I feel a cold coming on, if I, if I start mega dosing vitamin C, that goes away. It, 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 I typically do not get, do not continue getting the cold. Of course, I, I can't necessarily speak to whether or not uh, it's my vaccination or my my frequent use of vitamin C that's preventing me from taking COVID. I'm going to assume it's the vaccine, but um, no, it's not the vaccine. Obviously, we know, we know that as a fact now. It's not. I mean, I mean, isn't it amazing how the CDC lied to us? Just we're talking about like three or four months ago. Remember, they claimed that the vaccines had a efficacy rate of ninety to ninety-five percent, and both both the CDC director and Joe Biden, and even your your favorite host Rachel Maddow, claimed that if you're fully <laughs> vaccinated, you will not get COVID and you can't transmit it to other people. Remember that? I was like, well, there was a time when they believed that. Okay, well, well this is, this goes back to the whole. There, there's a difference between making a false statement 
and lying. Can we oh, agree yeah, on that? Of course. It, it's, a, it's a false statement if a Democrat or a liberal says no, that no, 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 what I have had examples where, like when 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 they said back in the day, or they when everybody still says today that Bush lied and people died when it came to the invasion of Iraq, I say that it that it's not necessarily he didn't necessarily lie. He might have told false information, but he not, might not have known the information was false at the time that he said it. Right? And yeah, you could say he didn't know, know, and, and know and but he, people, people did lie know. about it though. That's what we can say. But if people didn't, but if he if he, if he didn't know that the information was false when he said it, then he wouldn't be lying. So I've in the oh, past yeah, of course. On, right, right. on this podcast and before have defended conservatives who have made false statements by saying that they may not have been lies if they didn't know. And the same thing as you know, as because I I try to treat everybody equitably. I try to okay. make sure I try well, to so make what sure about that Russian collusion. Individual. Do, huh? do you feel that Rachel? Do you feel that Rachel Maddow owes an apology for her coverage on Russian collusion and all the things she insinuated about Trump and his family? Uh, I we would all know uh, urge, totally false. I would urge you to, and you're listening on Blog Talk, right? Yep. Okay, so I, if I play the audio, and, and I play the I'm, video, I'm subscribed. I'm subscribed to your YouTube channel as well. I, okay. Um, I would, I would maybe I have to make a video on this or whatever just to refresh everybody's memories. But do you remember that there was a time? when Donald Trump literally got in live camera on live TV and asked Russia for help to find the emails. Yeah. He said that he was joking when he said that. And this is a classic that, example he's, of he's liberal, just make just point. liberal liberals okay. in the mainstream media. This is the difference between you guys and conservatives. Why when it comes to Trump, you guys take Trump literally, we take Trump seriously. That's two different things. See, we understand when Trump is joking or when he's trying to infer something, you guys take every little statement he makes so literal, even when it's obviously being said in, in a jesting manner, and then Im- imply that he has some type of nefarious mean behind it. You guys do this all the time. That was a classic example. He was taunting the press. He was, in the, he was having a press conference, and he was making fun of the fact that the press was essentially neglecting the Hillary email situation at that point. And he was there trying was to infer in that maybe the right – go, go listen to the whole press conference. He was inferring that maybe the Russians should help, and then at the end he would say, I would be interested to see if our media would care if they were to find it. Because the point he was trying to make was that if, if, if her emails were discovered, he was trying to say the media wouldn't have cared anyway and that they weren't going to cover it. That was the point that I was trying to – that was the whole statement. No, he said, in he said that the Russians would, be, would, be, would probably be very – Russians or Chinese would be very uh... – rewarded if they ever would be if they found that information there was nothing no, in the way i know i know this this is the exact same thing that happened with the whole uh charlottesville and the people on both sides thing this is a classic example of when liberals in the mainstream media take things out of context and then add their own spin at the end and then put that out there as if that's what he said when it's not this is exa- you guys did this over and over again with this guy. It's absurd, man. And I can't believe you did the same thing. You anyone well, who first, doesn't believe me, you can go. Go look up. You can go. You can go see. You can go see the clip right now. Go to YouTube. Look up the press conference where where Trump asked the the Russians to look for Hillary's emails. Don't just look at the I'm little short right 30, 30 to 40, right 30 to forty five second clip. Play the two minute clip, the context, and you'll see he's saying it in jest with the media. And he's, he's, his, his, the whole point he's making is that the media is not going to cover it. 
they're refusing to cover it because they're essentially running cover for Hillary. That's the point. That's so obvious, man. It's unbelievable, man. I can't believe you would do that. I mean, I'm not you of all people. You're usually a guy who calls things, you know, balls and strikes, but now I can't believe you're playing that spin game. It's not a spin game. He, he literally asked for the help. And no, there's nothing oh, in the way on. that he said it. There's nothing in the way in which he said it. There's nothing in the way, because I let you go for a while. There's nothing in the way okay. in which he said it that tells me that he was joking. Furthermore, when he was asked by a reporter uh, in another issue about whether or not he was kidding about uh, one of the other horrible things that he said, um, he goes, I don't kid. I don't kid. He doesn't joke around about it. He even said he doesn't joke around yeah, about it. Yeah, that could be a different topic, dude. What are you talking about? Yeah, you're, you're he was, no, but he didn't, he didn't say, no, he didn't Just say, play the I full don't, clip. I wasn't kidding. Play, 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 play the clip in its full context. Now, let me ask you this question. When it comes to the Charlotte find people on both sides, was Trump taken out of context in that case, yes or no? I, I just, I, I I'm think, testing to see whether how I think it's, I think it, when he was asked about, you know, the people who were marching and he goes, find people on both sides, he was avoid. The problem was the fact that he avoided the question about the Nazis who were marching. He avoided. That's false. The, the, he directly addressed them literally 20 seconds before he made that statement. He said that those, the Nazis, the KKK, those guys, they should be utterly condemned. I'm not talking about them. He literally said that 20 seconds before the clip about the find people on both sides which the mainstream media knew, but they knew that the general public wouldn't see the whole press conference, so they just took that little clip and ran with it. That's embarrassing. That's shameful that we have journalists who got degrees from Harvard that would do that, engage in that kind of journalism. It's embarrassing. It's unbelievable. And that's the thing about Trump, because I wasn't on Trump's side early on. But the way he was lied about by the media repeatedly, took it out of context, it's, it's unbelievable, man. I've never seen a presidential candidate treated that way. And you've never seen Biden treated that way, by the way. I've, I've never, never seen I've the media take him out of context like that. I've never seen a presidential candidate campaign on a total and complete ban on Muslims entering this country. Ne- and now you're going to say he only banned seven, seven countries, right? No, we're going to talk about the context of the, what he was talking about at the time. At the time, we had a, we had a massive per- uh, terrorist attack in Paris. And that was right. around, I believe, I'm not mistaken, at the same time the San Bernardino shooting happened, right, right. around that same time period. So okay. the issue at hand was we were, we, the, the, the point being brought up to him was what are we going to do about the terrorism that's going on around the world? His point was we need to have a better vetting process, and until we sort that out, we need to have a halt on allowing people to come from Muslim countries until we get a hold of this vetting situation. That's the point he's trying to make. Now, he said it in an inarticulate way because Trump is not some – you know, articulate public speaker like Obama was clearly. But what his point he was trying to make is legit, which is if we don't vet properly, we're going to allow people to come in that are going to engage in terrorism. That's just a fact. But do you understand that when he speaks like that, and maybe we should have a higher standard for the people that we elect to our highest office, but when he says things like, you know, we're going to have, let's say, let's say you're right. Let's say he is just inartfully stated that we need a better vetting, vetting process. And his way of saying that was we're going to ban all Muslims from entering the country. When the white supremacists and other folks who are bigots you know, hear that sort of language, they're like, ooh, that's our guy. He's the guy who's going to be. That's, that, that's why you, on January 6th of this year, you had individuals, not everybody, but you had individuals. There was an individual wearing a shirt that said six million wasn't enough. You know, 
because those type of people hear that language and say, no, you know, and say, oh, this is our guy. This is the guy who's going to be with us. He's, and he's, he's going okay, to. Okay, so, so $6 million isn't enough is, a, is, a, is an anti-Semitic reference, correct? Correct. Now, what in, in, in all of Trump's entire track record as president, has he shown anything that would be remotely considered anti-Semitic? For crying out loud, his daughter is married to Jared Kushner, correct? Okay, there there were also Jews that thought that uh, that thought Hitler was and, was, was and the good only, leader. And, no, no, that's and different. What, but not only that, what what was his record with Israel? He that, went all, that, out of his way to help Israel on so many fronts to the point where they actually put his face on their currency. Okay. He, what he did for Israel proved that he wasn't an, an anti-Semite. If he was, he would have done what the far left did, which is demonize Israel, try to engage in all these blockades and boycotts, which the far left regularly does, which the far left regularly engages in anti-Semitism all the time. But they never get hey, called it's, on it's, it. But it's, Trump, it's who never said anything hey, anti-Semitic, it gets it gets attributed to him. To, to equate Israel and Jews. Israel, Israel and Jews are, are two different things. You know, not Israel all Jews. Israel is, 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 is the largest Jewish country on earth. Let's be clear about that, okay? The people who are anti-Zionist well, I mean, fundamentally are anti-Semitic. Do you know that I'm Jewish? Yes, I know that you're Jewish. We talked about this before. No, do you know that I'm Jewish? Yes, you told me you're Jewish. Okay, okay. So here's the thing, is that the reason that conservatives support Israel is not because they support the Jews. There is a vast, vast, large chunk of conservatives who support Israel because they're social, religious conservatives who, in order for their prophecy to come true, need Israel to be a Jewish state so that when the end times come, they can all die. With friends like that, that's false. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian and a conservative, and I I can I can explain it to you clearly because that is a gross caricature of what they believe. That's that's ridiculous. What they believe is that the Jews have a rightful uh, claim to that land because according to Scripture, God prophesied that one day that they would return to it and that that, lo- that land belonged to them because it was promised to their forefather Abraham. That's what Christians what believe. To, that's what, what and, and, what that, and that's why, hold on, and that's why Christians believe that Jews, that, that land belongs to them, and that's why they side with them over the Palestinians. That's what it is. Let's be clear about that. Now, what you're trying to say is about the apocalypse. Nowhere in the apocalypse or in the book of Revelation is there any reference whatsoever to Jews being in Israel or Jews having to be in Israel for the end times to happen. There is no reference to that whatsoever, dude. I don't know who told you that. That's obviously someone who doesn't know what Christians believe or doesn't know what the Bible says who told you that. I just want to be clear about that. The reason that Christians support Israel is because they believe that it is their God-given right to have that land. Now, you as a Jew, I don't know if you believe in God or if you believe that God promised that land to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but that's what Christians believe. That's why they believe you guys belong in that land, flat out. We Jews typically believe that. We just don't believe that. We, we don't believe that Jesus Christ was you know, the Messiah because he doesn't yeah, that's fit the requirements. That's a separate requirement. issue. That's, that's about whether right, or not he's right. the Messiah is a separate issue. The issue we're talking about here is whether or not the like, – the Muslims and the secularists do not believe that your people have any claim on that land whatsoever. None. We as Christians, who are your only allies in this, in this issue, believe that you have a claim on that land because it was promised to your forefathers. That's the whole point. Now, what's going on right now 
is the Muslims are claiming this has to do with oppression and all that. This has to do with their anti-Semitism. The Quran clearly states that Muslims one day will hunt Jews down and kill them. And it says that the trees and the rocks will call the Muslims and say, hey, Muslim, come here. I got a Jew hiding behind me. Come kill him. They believe that. Their stated goal by the Palestinians is to eliminate every Jew in that area. Well, the, the they want to kill every Jew in that land. The Torah also says that we should stone people who wear two types of material. If you mix, like, poly, no, you no, know, we're not mix, talking about that. We're talking about the basis no, of people's anti-Semitism in, in this discussion. You're trying to villainize an entire religion based on what the religion I'm telling you that the anti-Zionist movement is an anti-Semitic movement. They're just hiding behind, quote-unquote, Israel's oppression. But they, they've, look, the Arabs objected to their presence being there from day one, which is why they had a war. Remember the Six-Day I'm, War? I'm well aware of the, the history Arabs of, the, formed, of the Middle East. Okay, so the Arabs formed a federation. They grouped up. They thought they were going to kill all the Jews. That's what their goal was. They were going to kill the, every Jew in Israel. And yeah, by the that, grace of God, I don't know if you believe Again, you haven't, you haven't told me whether or not you believe in God or not, but clearly there was divine intervention as to how Israel won that war in the first place, which is even further proof that that land was supposed to be theirs. I'm not, I don't base, I, I was raised, I went to Hebrew school for eight years. I don't base my political opinions based off of my faith. So I'm not talking about your political beliefs. I'm talking about how the miraculous events that happened in the Six-Day War and how Israel managed to succeed in a war where they well, were outmanned, no, outgunned, well, and the odds were completely war, stacked against wait, 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 Hold on, hold on. The, the War of Independence, in, in 40, 48 is completely different from the Six Day War in sixty seven. Uh, the reason that I'm, the that's Jews what were I'm talking about. I'm talking about when the Arabs showed up. The Arabs showed up in all of those wars in the Yom Kippur War. No, I'm talking war, about the, the Six Day War when it was Egypt and and Jordan. Jordan. And, Egypt, Egypt, and what, Egypt and Jordan in the in nineteen sixty seven in the Six Day War uh, were going to declare war, but the Jordanians stupidly lined their tanks up on the eastern border of uh, of Israel, and they didn't coordinate their times properly. So Israel was able to sweep in, take out all of their tanks and other other uh, other equipment on the east, and then went and quickly handled the quickly handled the Egyptians as well, which is why they were able to exactly. not only take. Not why they it were was, it was a but, series of miraculous events. They, you just bringing up one particular issue that they're, they're no, happening you, with the Jordanians. There was a lot of issues. There were a lot of things that happened. Hold on. Hold on. Okay, I'm just saying there was a lot of things that happened. I'm going to mute you for a second because I need to be able to get. You brought up the Six-Day War. I'm telling you what happened in the Six-Day War is that that's what happened. They they were very poor planning on the parts of the Jordanians and the Egyptians. And that's part of why they, it wasn't some miraculous victory. It was the fact that they were st- the Jordanians were stupid and they telegraphed their punch, which enabled the Israelis to go done, done. And not just not only push them back, but they allowed them to push the the Jordanians completely out of the West Bank and not just push the Egyptians out of Gaza, but all the way back across the Sinai. So don't talk, don't come to me talking about what happened in the six day war. Again, I went to like eight years of Hebrew day school. I plus some, 
stuff in high school as well that, that I went to after school. I, I'm very well versed in the wars that took place over Israel uh, and the political issues that took place afterwards. I'm very aware of the fact that the PLO's mission and now Hamas's mission, the initial Hamas charter started with the belief that they wanted to push every Jew into the sea. And that's why, you know, Hamas is a terrorist organization and Hamas is the conservatives of the Palestinians. They are the religious conservatives. And they have made, put fear into the people who they subject, the other Palestinians under their rule, of fear of the others, that the others are out to get them and they're out to kill them, so we need to kill them first. That's what Hamas says. Now, you have people like, you know, Benjamin Netanyahu, who lost recently, but, you know, the only reason they lost is because you had another conservative group who was in opposition to Likud work together with other groups. Um, but Benjamin Netanyahu, you know, would get into, would re- retain his power because he was able to say, no, there's these people over here, these Palestinians, they want to kill you. So that's why we need to be in power so we can kill them first. So that's and Benjamin Netanyahu is one of the conservatives in Israel. And then you have the conservatives who are in America who are like, yeah, go kill those Arabs because <clears throat> they don't like Muslims. So they're like, they don't love Jews. They don't do it because they love Jews and support Jews and they, they'll, they'll, they'll play a lip service. They'll say, yeah, we, we love these Jews having control of it. The only reason they love the Jews having control of Israel is because they want the Jews to be able to beat up on the Muslims some more. It, it's all rooted in bigotry. And the problem is they're all conservative. The problem in the Middle East is conservatives. That now there are anti-Zionists on the left. And there are some anti-Zionists on the left who do come at it from a very anti-Semitic way. There are other anti-Zionists who are just simply anti-Zionists who don't come at it from an anti-Semitic way. They just don't believe in the political system that has been set up in the state of Israel. Now, these people want a one-state solution and believe that these these two peoples can be forced to live together uh, in peace and harmony. Nonsense. I absolutely reject the idea that those that the people of Israel and that the people who are living in the Palestinian lands will be able to coexist in a singular nation. That's just that's an absurd idea that is that shall never happen. That should never happen. Being a boy says if Hamas is conservative, then there would be no Israel. They would have wiped them out. That's not true. Again, because you have the, the Hamas are the conservatives of the in the Arab world of the Muslims. You have the conservatives of the American world and the conservatives in the Jewish world who and you have America coming in and like you know putting the like Patriot missiles and helping them build the the dome the Iron Dome to to protect themselves from you know the 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 attacks that would come in from the mortar fire or whatever would be launched out of the West Bank and and Gaza from the from the Hamas. So no, the, just the idea that they're conservatives does not necessarily mean that they would have wiped them out. No, that, that that's that's BS. It's just they're conservatives because they're 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 trying to push the idea of you know the the uh, they're trying they're trying to push their control over Israel and want want to have the Jews in control over Israel. They're, they probably prefer to have Christians in control of Israel unless you're in the group of people who know I've. I'll go find it at some point if you remind me, but I've done research on why do Christians trust 
uh, or, or believe in you know, Israel and, and what are the end time triggers, then you know it, it, you're going to have lots. The end times are going to have lots of destruction over the state of Israel, and that's where the people are going to die first. So that's that's that, 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 if you have liberalbandradio at gmail.com, if you have something that completely debunks that, I'd be more than happy to read it. But through my research that I've done and trying to understand why conservative Christians support Israel so much, that's what I've found from many different points of view, including uh, words from the religious text themselves. Um, so that's what, I, that's what I'm going to say on that. Uh, where were we? we? We got very much taken up. Let's see. What's some of the things from this interview? Um, reported to Trump about Charlottesville. Two questions. Uh, two questions. Was this terrorism? And can you tell us how you're feeling about your street, chief strategist, Chief Bannon? Well, I think the driver of the car was a disgrace to himself, his family, and the country. And that is, you can call it terrorism. You can call it murder. You can call it whatever you want. I would just call it as the fastest one to come up with a good verdict, that's what I'd call it because there's the question, is it murder, is it terrorism? And then you get into legal semantics, the driver of the car is a murderer, what he did was horrible, horrible, inexcusable thing. Um, can you tell us? So he was asked specifically, was this terrorism? And he refused to say that it was terrorism. Why? Because it behooves Trump to only have terrorists be painted as a Muslim problem. When the vast majority of the people who have died from terrorism in this country our people are the terrorist events have been Christians. People who are raised Christian are terrorists too. But doesn't that do Trump any good to talk about the white nationalist supremacists, the white nationalists, the white supremacists, the people who are terrorists in this country who were not Muslim? Because because then he's going to piss off the white supremacists, the white nationalists, those people who support him in uh, in this country that are that way. So he refused to call the people there terrorists, to call that a terrorist attack. Um, let's see. Buh, 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 buh. Oh, my mouse is being stupid again. Um, Do you think what it was you called the all left is the same as neo-Nazis? Those people, all of the peace people, excuse me, I've condemned neo-Nazis. I've condemned many different groups, but not all these people were neo-Nazis. Believe me, not all those people were white supremacists by any stretch. Again, it's what conservatives do. They say, they'll, they'll, they'll ask about, you know, like, for example, when I, when I talk about January 6th, they'll be like, well, not everybody attacks the Capitol. No, but I'm not talking about those people. attacking. We're talking about the white supremacists and the Nazis. And he goes, yes, I think there's blame on both sides. If you look at both sides, I think there's blame on both sides, and I have no doubt about it. And if you don't have any doubt, and you reported accurately, you would say, um, reported the neo-Nazis started this. They showed up in Charlottesville to protest. Excuse me, excuse me, according to Trump. They didn't put themselves. You had some very bad people in that group, but you also had – People that were very fine people on both sides. You had people in that group, excuse me, excuse me. I saw the same pictures you did. You had people in the group that were there to protest and taking down to them a very important statue and renaming it. Yes, fine. There were people who were very fine people, but he's trying to, to divert the attention from the Nazis to the very bad people. He doesn't even want to call them Nazis. He won't even say, yes, there were Nazis there. Uh, 
Let's go back to the beginning of the bond. And again, he says, reporter says Nazi was there, David Duke was there. I didn't know David Duke was there, but then he never again mentions the Nazis. Um, so you, let me ask you, Mr. President, why did, why did you wait so long to blast neo-Nazis? I didn't wait long. I didn't wait long, 48 hours. Wanted to make sure that I was said was correct, not a quick comment, blah, blah, blah. It didn't take very long. You, you had people marching down the... the Rose of Charlottesville, shouting, quote, blood and soil, and also shouting, the Jews will not replace us. These people were very clearly Nazis. Um, and he goes, was it terrorism? In your opinion, what happened? Uh, I said it on, remember, Saturday, we condemned the strongest confirms the egregious display of hatred, bigotry, and violence, no place in America. But he, again, refused to call it terrorism. Uh, when I make a statement, I'd like to be correct, which is laughable. Uh, he, here's the facts. Uh, this event just happened. A fact, a lot of people didn't happen yet. As we're speaking, the event just happened. Before I make a statement, I need the facts. Lol, lol, lol. Very funny. That's not true. Um, I don't like to rush into a statement. Well, I mean, if he likes to take the time and craft a statement, well, that seems to go against this whole thing where when he campaigned against or he campaigned to block it, this is contradicting what our, our caller from up north says. Uh, that Trump, it can be inartful. Trump is here trying to say that he needs the facts. He doesn't want to rush to a statement. He wants to make a statement that is excellent. He wants to make the, an accurate statement, but he's not making it. So, so why am I then to believe that his comments that he wanted to do a, quote, total and complete ban on Muslims entering this country was inartful? How, why, why would I believe that that's not what he meant when he said it, especially now when he's saying, I want to make the, the possible. I have the best words. I really do. Better the uh, kind of go down the thing again. And he refused to acknowledge that there were Nazis there. He refused to acknowledge, he refused to call the actions terrorism. Uh, Nazis marching down the street is terrorism. He tried to equate the people that he called on the alt left with uh, the people, um, with the people. It's one time he says, but not all of those people were neo Nazis. But again, that's because he's trying to get the topics off of the Nazis and onto the issue of the, the, the people that were there simply because they wanted to protest and taking down the statue of Robert E. Lee. Just like they, the conservatives and the Trump supporters and everybody want to say that, you know, when we talk about the insurrection, they want to talk about all the people that were there who were there simply to complain about the fact that they were unhappy with the results of the election and they wanted to show solidarity with the person that they voted for for president. That's fine. This is America. They should have the right to do that. They should have the right to go and travel to Washington, D.C. and and support the person they voted for and and say, hey, we wish you would have won. We think you should have won. Even We even think you did win, even if they're wrong. They should have the right to do that. But that's not the people we're condemning. We're condemning the people that invaded the Capitol. But they never want to, these people never want to focus. They always want to try to flip it back onto the left. Oh, but what about the riots in, in July? What about the summer riots over Black Lives Matter? Well, that does, whether or not what happened with those riots, I mean, I could point to the people that, you know, burnt, the person who burnt down the, uh, the police station, in, I think in Minneapolis, that was a boogaloo boy. That was a conservative trying to be there to be, to pretend to be one of these alt-left folks trying to make the Black Lives Matter look bad by burning down a police station and then trying to pass it off as it being a liberal person to do when it was a conservative person to do. And then there are other people 
who jump in on these things who are not part of the Black Lives Matter movement who were like, oh, there's a protest going on. Let me go ahead and loot while the protest is going on because the police are going to be too busy trying to deal with the protest that I'll be able to be more likely to steal my stuff. It's not the people from Black Lives Matter who are sitting there doing that. Are there some bad people on, who, who believed that, you know, George Floyd was murdered and who wanted to go ahead and steal things? Sure, fine, whatever. But again, they're always trying to distract from the issue. Donald Trump would never say that this the action was terrorism, and he never would. Why? Because he doesn't want to give up those white supremacist alt-right people. He doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to alienate those people because he knows that without those people, that he doesn't get elected. He knows without those people that he doesn't have a solid base because there is a sizable chunk in this country who embraces those ideas. And, and it, has, it has become even more obvious in those four years that Donald Trump is president. Why? Because he said and did things that they wanted to hear, like a total and complete ban on Muslims entering this country. You want to say that he was kidding? You want to say that he's inartful? No, I'm going to say he knows exactly what he's doing. He knew exactly what he was doing when he was saying that he wants to ban a total and complete ban of Muslims in this country because he knew that was going to make the right people happy, the alt-right people happy, so to speak. He said, you know, just like he, he knew when he was talking to the U.S. public about the COVID-19 pandemic that he was downplaying, he was lying, and he was saying that it wasn't a threat to kids. When he said, told Woodward that it was a threat to kids, he's told Woodward that he likes to downplay the virus. Because he, because that's the way he operates. He doesn't like to talk about all those things. <laughs> and, and bringing a boy in, in, in chat goes, and although the pause is temporary, we must find out what is going on. We have to do about the, but, but he's still campaign. He's still scapegoating the entirety of terrorism on the entirety of Muslims. When we know that there are plenty of terrorists in this country who are not Muslims. And we know that there are plenty of Muslims that are not terrorists. And, and his ban would have prevented people who were from this country, traveling the Ghosty family, from coming back into this country just because they are Muslims. <coughs> you know, there's, you know, you don't you don't want to kill a fly with a sledgehammer. But he won't. But it's just so frustrating. It's just trying to trying to deal with the. And I obviously do it because I, I I like talking about politics and I want to you know you know discuss the important issues of the day, the issues that I feel are important when it comes to you know politics. And there and there, and there are issues that ever as somebody who was raised Jewish, the fact that this guy was literally using Hitler's tactics was very concerning to me. Oh, but his son-in-law is Jewish. So what? Doesn't matter. Jew again. There were Jews who supported Hitler, who thought, who believed that what Hitler saying was when Hitler wasn't really telling the truth, that he was just saying these things to get elected. You know, Hitler called you know Hitler used to say Lugan Press, the lying press, fake news, same thing. Make tell enough people to distrust what the media tells you, 
And then when the media reports the truth, those people will be like, oh, they're just lying. So, see, Donald Trump said they were lying, and now they're lying. So what they must be saying are, are lies. So when the media reports that there was no problem, with, that there was no massive fraud in the election, now the people who support him are like, well, no, why would I trust the media? They're the lying press. Our guy said so. So therefore, we have no reason to believe otherwise. He's, it's, it's, let's see. I did the beginning of the, the beginning of the quote is a total and complete ban on Muslims until we find out what's going on. But it doesn't matter. He said a total and complete ban on Muslims. It's not the answer you want, but it's the answer you want to give. You know, if you want to do what he did and stop, if you wanted to say, look, there are people who are coming from specific countries that are hotbeds of terrorism and we need to consider restricting travel from those countries because that's where the terrorists are coming from specifically. Fine. No problem with that. There would be no problem with that at all. Like I think Jimmy Carter did it specifically from Iran. I think Obama did it from several countries. There are other people who, if you want to point out specific individual countries, fine. But to scapegoat the entirety of Muslims, there were individuals who had problems getting back into this country during his ban that he implemented, who were lived from here. If you would have been total complete, it would have been hectic. It would have been crazy. People who worked for this country as a translator in, like, Afghanistan couldn't come back because of issues that, you know, because of how he implemented his ban. It's absurd. But to say a total and complete ban, I know you keep repeating the Orlando shooting speech. Our nation stands together in solidarity. The members of Orlando's LGBT community, they have been through enough. Somebody to know it. Yeah, fine. Good. I agreed with his statement there. I agree with like one or two things that Donald Trump has said or done. Okay. Stop clock is right twice a day too. See, our West Coast friend wants to get back on. So let's bring her back on before we get back to our friend up north. Howdy. <laughs> You're back on. Hello? Okay, I'll put you back on hold. Pause is temporary. We must find out what's going on. We have to do it. Okay. Temporary or not, that's not my problem isn't that it's temporary or not. The problem is the fact that it's on all Muslims. That's the problem. It's not the time frame of it. And why would I believe that it's temporary? I mean, do you believe a politician when anything is temporary? Come on. I have no reason to believe that what temporary means. There's no, if there's no stated time period that we can hold them to until we find out what's going on. What if we never find out what's going on? Huh? But the, the problem isn't the time frame. The problem is that the fact that it's on the entirety of Muslims. The entirety of Muslims are being scapegoated as terrorists, and that's bigoted. He ran on a platform of bigotry. That's ignoring <laughs> that's ignoring the platform of bigotry that he's when he was like, oh, the, the Mexicans are sending rapists and murderers to our country. Some of them perhaps are good people. Like, so trying to basically that there's might be some people who are crossing the border who are okay, but the, but everyone else is a rapist and a murderer coming from Mexico. And that's why we have to build our wall. We have to build the wall because they're all rapists and murderers, except for some of them. No. Again, more bigotry. So then when Trump tried to implement a travel ban from China, there was no reason for me to believe that it was based in science. There's no reason for me to believe, oh, this is, this is what needs to be done scientifically. It's just, oh, he's just trying to scapegoat the Chinese now. 
because you, when somebody tells you who they are, you listen to them. When somebody tells you who they are, you, you, you believe them. And Donald Trump told us that he was a bigot with wanting to ban all Muslims from running the country. He told us he was a bigot with his statements about Mexico. <clears throat> so why would I believe his actions on Chinese, on, on the Chinese people coming from China during COVID wasn't also bigoted? Simple as that. All right, let me bring you back on <coughs> as I cough um, so we can continue discussing some of this. And we have, you know, oh, wait, do we have how much time? Left? We have 15 minutes left. So I'll let you make your uh, last statement, and then I'll briefly go over some of, some of the other stuff because we've flown through this three-hour show, a three-hour show. So do you have any other last points yeah, so to add? The, the, main, the, main thing, the main thing we need to get out of the root of this is this. You guys got the 2020 election, whether it was up, uh, you know, above board or not, it doesn't matter at this point. It's filled milk. You guys got it, right? You got this White House. You, got, you maintained a hold on the House, even though that kind of slipped. And you got the Senate. You've had the power. Right. It's been about 10 months. And let's be honest, man, Democrats have completely fumbled the ball. And uh, all the polls you guys are taking across the board, and we all know next November is a wrap. We're going to get the House back by a significant margin. We're probably going to get the Senate. And in 2024, already the polls are out that got Trump favored. I mean, you go to Real Clear Politics, they already started uploading uh, polls for the general election between Trump and Biden. And Trump is already leading in the, in the national. And in a lot, almost every key state, he's got a significant lead in every single poll. So we've got the momentum. We're going to get the House. We're going to get the Senate. And in 2024, we're taking the White House flat out. You guys had how much? How much of it. how much of the house? When how much of winning the house do you believe is from momentum, versus how much of winning the house is is based off of uh, the drawing of districts in a certain way that gives the conservatives undue advantage in in several states? I would say that Virginia and New Jersey showed us that it's a legitimate momentum because you saw massive swings in districts that Biden won significantly that swung drastically in the favor of Republicans, and the fact that New Jersey was even a close race in and of itself is a problem for Democrats. Okay. But so, that, that's know, a, I think, that's I think that's your, really those are, those are off your elections. All right. Off your elections, liberals tend to not show up for some stupid reason. I, I, I don't know why, um, because rights can be lost in off your elections as well. Um, but we're talking, but that doesn't necessarily mean translate to 2022 and the congressional elections and the presidential elections, as we've seen, you know, we had, you know, the Democrats, you know, swung back and won the House in 2018 and kept it in 2020. But and history says that usually the, the party in power and the, the president tends to lose the House in the first one anyway. So, so that's more of a general pendulum swing as much of anything. But I'm asking you is how much of an effect do you believe that, that conservative redistricting giving conservatives a disproportionate power in, in Congress by, by, by drawing districts in a certain way that gives them a disproportionate advantage as compared to the population of the states are going to have in the upcoming elections? No, I think regardless of the gerrymandering argument that people try to make Republicans, we're still going to make a massive win on par of what they did in 2010. But when it but comes again, to this issue at hand, the question that I asked you. That's not how I'm not there's going to be a history tells us in all in almost all circumstances that after somebody wins the presidency, you end up having and the only only time it didn't happen. I agree with that. We're talking about how much. 
Right. How what I'm saying is that how much of it did you think that there's any effect that, of, of how we're drawing? No, that, that that that. Have, okay, so are you, are you saying that the 2010 landslide victory for Republicans in the House, that was just a matter of gerrymandering that had nothing to do with momentum? No, gerrymandering. The, the, the Project Red Map had, if, you had have you, if you've not watched the videos that I did, Project Red Map did not happen. Uh, it was part of 2010 elections, but Project Red Map hadn't, take, hadn't fully come into a place to redraw those districts. I'm saying 2010 is part of the whole, after, two years after a new president wins, or the new party takes over the White House, historically... Okay, so how many, how many seats did the Republicans win in 2010? How many? Party. Historically, you then see the opposite party uh, take so, over... Uh, Dan, Dan, we obviously agree about that. That's not the point. We're not arguing okay. that the fact that that's, the opposing party... That's what I'm saying happened you, in 2010. I get that. So, no, I, that's not... Of course, look, the Republicans were going to win 2010. We all know that because just that's what happened. I'm asking you, how many seats did they win in 2010? Do you know? I don't know what the top of that. It was like 70 or it something? Was, it was almost record-breaking. Yeah, it was about 70-something, which yeah. was massive. Okay? okay. Now, I'm telling but, you, the next election, you have the same problem. I have friends that work in the DNC in my home state here in Minnesota, and they deal with internal polling and uh, doing the whole group testing and having focus groups and all of that. They're telling me, and I know from them because we, we discussed, and I used to be one of those guys. I used to work and volunteer in the DNC back in 2008 when Obama ran. So they know that when it comes to issues like education, inflation, gas prices, the Afghanistan withdrawal, which played a big effect in, in, during the Virginia race, these issues are what's hurting Democrats right now. And the other thing is, is the, the whole issue when it comes to the whole cultural aspect where the, the feeling that there's a certain level of social engineering going on, where the, the pushing of certain things like gender fluidity and when it comes to education, these are issues that matter to people. Now, what you guys benefited in 2020 was the anti-Trump bias. So people were blinded by their Trump thing where they would overlook whatever details the Democrats were doing. Now that Trump's out of the way, you guys are put in the limelight, and that leads to people scrutinizing your policies, really looking at it, and people call certain things into question, and that's what's happening. So okay. my thing but, is if you guys are convinced what you're doing this way, keep doing it, and let's see what happens. Keep doubling down on point. what you guys are doing. Back to my point, though. In 2010, you know, before Project Redmap had you know, their effect on, on the redistricting of – the oh, my mouse is being stupid again. Ugh. Back in 2010, the I don't know what is going on with this crap. You were talking about Project Redmap. Yeah, I know. I'm talking about Project Redmap. Project Redmap was something that was launched in 2010, and I talk about it in my GOP coup series here on YouTube. So I would encourage you to look at look look at it. But in 2010, where before the gerrymandering happened, uh, the Republicans got. Uh, 44 million, 44.8 million votes nationwide, as compared to 38.9 million votes nationwide. So clearly, in that circumstance, <laughs> right? That's right? why they so won that many seats, really? Just because of money? Are you kidding me? I didn't say money. 44.8 million. I, dude, I didn't say look dollars. Up, look up how much money Obama I didn't say, got I didn't in 2008. Money. I didn't Go say money. Go look it up. Hey, 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 okay. hey, quiet. I did not say money. 44.8 million votes versus 38.9 million votes. So the Republicans got more votes, so they won the House of Representatives, right? So that, that, I have no problem right. with that. And, and 
I have no okay, problem. So I have no problem with that. How come you guys lost in, in the House? No, no. In 2012, after the gerrymandering took place, the Republican massive gerrymandering that took place, the Republicans maintained a lead, a 33-seat lead in the House of Representatives, despite the fact that the Democrats got 59.6 million votes and the Republicans got 58.2 million votes nationwide. So if yeah, the House of Representatives based on is really supposed to be the people's house, then it's ridiculous that the Democrats could win. And, 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 and yet you have districting that takes place. But the fact that they, that's the thing, they redistricting the seats. You had in 2012, Barack Obama won the state of Pennsylvania with a majority of the votes and took their electoral college votes. But when it came to the House of Representatives in the state of Pennsylvania, there were 18 seats. It was 13 to 5 Republicans to Democrats. Does that make sense? Is that reasonable? Yeah, it does, that, it does, it does, make, it does make sense. Because the fact because that liberals, them, the, the fact that liberals are, are in densely packed areas, no, but the you guys, you guys have to live in densely packed areas. That's just the reality. But they're densely packed is, is areas. That, is but, that their fault? They, 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 but the way that the Republican legislature drew the maps, they drew it in such a way that they took away the power from the people who lived in those areas by, by, either, by either packing or cracking those votes to make sure. There's no reason oh, well, that, that... We've already established that happens on both sides. I mean, look at California well, and Maryland. But it happens on both, so you, you, on both so, sides. So are you, are you going to address the Maryland such, The Republicans have done it in such a, a extremely extreme way. And Republicans... Okay, so in, let, in let, me, let, me, let me give you an example of the Democrats. You have, you have a bipartisan you, commission you, in California that, that actually... Yeah, but you guys tried. That. You guys tried on a national level. Remember the HB1 and the HR1 voting bills, you guys try to put in all these new rules that would have given Democrats a massive advantage. You wanted to make D.C. and Puerto Rico states, give them these two senators. You wanted to have it to where states could not implement voter ID laws without getting the DOJ's approval. So you wanted to have unelected bureaucrats in, Dem- in D.C. determine what voting, what voting laws could be put in on state levels. You wanted to make voting ID illegal, which is an obvious and shameful intent to show that you guys no, want to engage in the, fraud. The law does not say that. I'm going, to have to, I'm going to have to mute you on that one because we do have to end up. The law doesn't say the voter ID is illegal. That's just false. That is a false statement. Now, there are some restrictions that have to be put on voting. I think, I think there, is, there was a requirement in the law, if I'm remembering correctly, that you had to basically provide the ID for free like Louisiana does. I have no problem with Louisiana voter ID law because there's a requirement to have a voter ID but if you don't have a driver's license and you need an ID to vote, they have to provide you one for free. <clears throat> no problem with it because it's no longer a poll tax. No longer, it's no longer requiring a person to pay a certain amount of money to cast a vote. So um, there's that. But you know, many of the things in, in, in HB1 and, and the other in the John, John Lewis Voting Rights Act are not to give the Democrats an advantage it's to take away these artificial advantages that the Republicans have put in place in these laws, these ridiculous laws, like forbidding people from – like if I lived in Georgia and my wife was in line to vote and she was thirsty, it would be illegal for me to walk up to my wife and hand her a bottle of water. That is a ridiculous law that is not needed. It's silly. It's silliness, and it's only done because they know – they want to make the people who are waiting in line to vote uncomfortable. 
And who has to wait online to vote? The people who are living in areas where they reduce, they consolidate voting precincts and make the lines long. People out in the counties don't have to wait long online, so they don't have to worry about whether or not they can get a drink of water. But in the cities, they make sure that those lines are long as hell to make sure that the people give up or get tired standing there voting or make the people stand six, eight hours, whatever, sometimes to go cast a ballot because they want to make it as hard as possible. Like at Georgia claim, people in Georgia claim that there were like 5,000 dead people that cast ballots. No, it was four. There were four people whose ballots were cast, dead people, and those family members returning their mail-in ballots. So there are, there's absolutely, the Constitution empowers Congress to pass legislation to give people equal protection of the law. If you draw districts in such a way, like they did in Pennsylvania after the 2010 elections, to infect the 2012 elections, to, to, to make it so that the Republicans win 13 of 18 seats, despite the fact that they couldn't win a majority of the state when it came to the presidential election, that's disproportionately affecting people. That's giving people unequal power, protection under the law. There are many examples of these, voter, of these so-called voter ID laws. And the reason that they, put, they call them voter ID laws is, again, because they're, well, what's wrong with requiring ID? It's these non-ID provisions. Look, let's do what Mexico does. I've said this before. I have a video on this on YouTube as well about the voter ID laws and voting rights. I said, look, I say in that video clearly, let's pass a requirement to have a voter ID nationwide. Let's make it a national voting ID. Let's do what Mexico does. Provide it to every person who can vote. So then there's no excuses. Everybody gets a card. Everybody shows up with it to vote. Boom, done. It's no longer an issue. But that's not what the conservatives want. <clears throat> the conservatives who are in power, the politicians who are trying to pass these rules, are trying to maintain their status as, as, with minority rule because they know that if everybody had equal power at the voting box, they knew that lines would be drawn fairly that would eliminate the Democratic gerrymandering as well as the Republican gerrymandering, that they never win again. Because they know that they don't have the votes. So they have to draw the people into districts to, to take away their power. And that's what's going on. With, and, that's what, and, look, and the reason why we haven't passed it is because you need to get every single person on board. And Joe Manchin, as I said last week, is being a ridiculous piece of crap when it comes to what he's fighting, when it comes to what he's opposing and how he won't, he won't set up uh, the, uh, you know, allow the changing of the rules in order to pass voting rights and voter protections for people so that the Republicans cannot take away uh, the ability of people to have an equal say in the elections. They, conservatives don't want free and fair elections. Conservatives want weighted elections that give them disproportionate power based off the, the, they, they want, they want to have all the power with less say with, with, with less numbers. So. It is what it is. We can continue talking about it next week, but this is the end of of Liberal Day and Radio, Talk from the Left, That's Right, is a hard cutoff. Uh, I invite everybody to tune in next week, uh, same time, 8 p.m. Central. Join us next year, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Central, blogtalkradio.com slash Liberal Dan, at Liberal Dan Radio on Twitter. Please subscribe here on YouTube. Subscribe to the Blog Talk Radio channel as well. 
Uh, contribute to the Liberal Band Radio Patreon if you like to see what I and I want to continue, continue doing this into the next year. Go to Stop the Food on LiberalBand.com as well if you want to fight this gerrymandering that goes on on both sides. But we know it's on crack, steroids, and it's on the Republicans. And I continue to show that uh, as I continue to do that. Again, thank you all for everyone for listening. Shout out to Up North and Up West. Hope and say I hope you next week. Have a happy new year. I'm having mouse problems again. We will continue to be here online. Happy New Year, everybody. As uh, Maybe I need a new computer. Who knows? Because I'm sitting here waiting for this stream to end, and, well, I'm, I can't hit anything with my mouse. None of the buttons are working. I know it's a hot mic. I'm sitting here. You're getting some bonus show on YouTube because I just can't get this show to stop. I can't get my mouse to work. My mouse is moving around, but I can't click on anything. Huzzah hilariousness let's for some reason and again it's not letting me click maybe will this work maybe this one work there we go